This episode of the Nocturnal Disney Podcast is brought to you by Palms and Parks. They are high-quality t-shirts and tank tops that have cool, fun designs that help show off your love for Disney in a unique and smart way. Visit them at palmsandparks.com and check out what their store has to offer. There's something there for everyone. Computer, what are you tracking? Disney Parks Podcast. Warning. Meteor shower in range. Just a little one. Resort loop. zippity doo pod. The dis Time to get serious. Locking autopilot on homing signal. Now! I'm tracking a big show on the scope. Could be ours. Computer, first stop. Identify. Unofficial Universal Podcast. Definitely not our show. Go, go, go! Another good guy coming up. Computer, slow. And identify. Disney Magic Hour. Still not our show, but at least this one's the right brand. Asteroid Impact in 60 seconds. We can't stop now. Keep going. Keep going. Warning. Meteor Impact. Abort mission. Abort. Abort. Nocturnal Disney. Forget it. Get them out now. And into the Nocturnal Disney Podcast. Thank you for joining us for episode 37 of the Nocturnal Disney Podcast. My name is Bryce. This is Chris. Say hi, man. Hello, everybody. It's been way too freaking long, Bryce. For real. Man. It's your Bane, fault. It is. It's entirely my fault. I feel bad. Once you said that, I forgot that was the main reason. I know. <laughs> I'm sorry. Bane <laughs> died as my pet sugar glider. Then I got sick. Then why didn't we do it the next week? Oh, it's I was busy. Been, I was building yeah. the booth. It's been work. We've been doing other s- secret stuff behind the scenes. Stupid schedules. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yep. It's been ridiculous. And because we have been gone for literally a month, yeah. we've decided to go ahead and do a very, very long <laughs> show. Yep. It's going to be a bit of a marathon, and I, I hope you guys enjoy it. If you do get a little bit tired, I will go ahead and put timestamps down in the show notes. Just look down there and be like, oh, I want to skip to this part because there's going to be a lot to get through. To open up tonight, we're going to talk about Avengers Endgame. We're going to talk about his box office. We're going to talk about the new Spider-Man trailer, the Maleficent trailer, Star Wars Episode Nine pictures, what they could possibly mean. We're going to talk about some of the exclusive Aladdin clips that have come out, the Toy Story 4 trailer. We have a lot of entertainment news, guys. Just buckle up for that (laughs) we have a bunch of stuff coming out of the parks talking about security checkpoints toy story 4 previews disney after hours disney's extra extra magic hours that's right two extras because it's more we're gonna be talking about corn dogs we're gonna be talking about mobile ordering the lion king musical dining experience and a lot a lot more guys let's just jump into it let's go man All right, Chris. So it has now been just about a month since Avengers Endgame has come out. Have you seen it yet? Nope. I find it hilarious, though, because it's like once the Avengers Endgame came out, like our podcast stopped. I know. (laughs) (laughs) And we had to wait that long for us to finally get, you know, 
undusted and come back. That's what it felt like. We <laughs> the Nocturnal Disney podcast got dusted and away we went. <laughs> no, man. I have seen it now four times. That is insane. I saw it three times opening weekend. It's like twelve hours, not counting previews. That is correct. That's insane. It was a long bit of a movie. Yeah. And I'll be honest with you, the first time I stayed and I tried to make sure that there was nothing after the end credits because it's like there can't be nothing after the end credits. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, I kind of like that there wasn't because by not putting anything at the end of the end credits and it didn't even say, you know, X is coming back or X will come back in whatever movie. They didn't put any of that. This really does feel like the genuine end of a collective group of movies. Mm-hmm. Obviously, we know from the Spider-Man trailer that's we're going to talk about in a little bit that the consequences, finally consequences, are going to be pulling over from Endgame into the rest of the MCU. But how those consequences are going to be felt and for how long they're going to be felt mm-hmm. is another question that I have. Because, I mean, the movie's been out, like I said, for a month. If you haven't seen it yet, you probably don't want to. Not only that, but because of the Spider-Man trailer, there are already spoilers out there, so I'm just going to so, talk about it. Yep. Iron Man dies at the end of the movie, and now the rest of the MCU is having to deal with that. And I'm very interested to see how the power structure is all going to kind of shake out when everything is said and done moving forward. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. I don't know. I mean, I've had some people who told me that they feel like they're just happy now that the series has ended and they're just not interested in this new new way that they might go just because Iron Man died. And it's not like it's they're like, oh, poo-pooing, like that was a bad decision. But like I feel happy. Like this is the end to like, you know, one of their favorite series and they're just content with ending it there. They really don't care about anything else. Right. I've heard certain people, you know, give off that expression. Like, you know, it's going to be hard for them to stay away from movies. I get that. But I know a lot of them just, uh, they feel like they've, this has been fulfilled for them. You know what I'm saying? Right. And it has been. I And I agree with that. From Iron Man to now, it is a complete story. Mm. And that's why I'm so curious to see where they go from here. Because everyone's talking about, oh, it's going to be Galactus. It's going to be Doctor Doom. Where I don't think that it is because... Kevin Feige has had these movies planned out for so long in advance. I think the smartest way to go, and it's something that I think we talked about many months ago. It's hard to remember with a month gone, but I was thinking about it, and it's it makes no sense to throw in the X Men and and Fantastic Four. You know, they're they're they lost their biggest guy right now, arguably Iron Man. Oh, not even arguably. He is is debatable how much of an influence he's going to have in these next upcoming movies. Not going to be much. Um, Well, you know what, though? Now that we're just going to jump ahead a little bit to the Spider-Man Far From Home trailer, Samuel L. Jackson is talking about the multiverse because of Quentin Beck. Now, there's been some rumors going around that that's not actually true and that because Mysterio is essentially a charlatan and his whole bit is to try to scheme people and and deceive people, Mm -hmm. that he just lied to Nick Fury and it's not actually a person from another Earth. But if it is, what's to say we don't get Natasha back? What's to say we don't get Tony back, Captain America back, but just from a different universe? And if they do that, I'm honestly going to be a little upset. Yeah, and I think, like I said, I think I think as far as the actors are done, I mean, 
Yeah, at a certain point, it's like, it must be great getting a paycheck like that every movie. But I think, too, Robert Downey Jr., Scarlett Johansson, they're very talented actors and actresses. And arguably the big thing against Robert Downey Jr. is outside of the MCU. He hasn't gotten that much anything. You know I mean? He hasn't right. had any good hits. A lot of movies that I've looked forward to seeing in him usually haven't done that well. And I guess it's not because he's a terrible actor. But no. because he's used to this really good bit. You know what I'm saying? So, And the same thing with Scarlett Johansson. She's just really flipping talented. So to see mm-hmm. them gone, I'm actually kind of happy because that means that they can really go full steam into whatever it is that they want to do. They can really nail down their roles that they want to go, pursue whether it's directing. And same thing with, in a way, Chris Evans. Chris Evans is also a director. To see him kind of back off a little bit, give him time to go and do his directing and do other stuff. I'm kind of happy that these people get have, I think, you know, it works because I can see these people definitely going off and doing other things. You know what I'm saying? I completely agree with you. It is going to be interesting to see, like I say, how the MCU goes moving forward. But when was the last time Scarlett Johansson had a hit outside of the MCU? Well, I mean, she's been in some good movies. I mean, she's been in Jungle Book. She was in Her which got a lot of a she lot of good. She was in her, but that was back in what two thousand and twelve, maybe fourteen, maybe. Yeah, that's been a bit. Mm-hmm. That's been a bit. And yes, she was in Jungle Book, but mm-hmm. for like thirty seconds. Well, and then I guess that brings <laughs> up the, the, what I was saying. You know, at a certain point, I think as an actor, you want to hit these big gigs, right? Where sure. you get the money and you rake in the fame. Now that you got all this money, you got all the fame, you have a beloved people that for the rest of your life, you can go to conventions and just rake in cash and got people loving you and adoring you forever. Now might be a good time to just be like, you know what? Now I'm going to start putting it to use. Now is my time to actually go out there and hit the roles that, you know, an actor wants to do. You know what I'm saying? Go win that Academy Award. Go get some other recognition outside of this that a lot of other actors kind of look down on like all these superhero movies and stuff like that you know and i'm sure the stigma has gone down but i'm saying it's nice to go out and do those artsy movies and and get known other than just your one role you know that's true and that's that's absolutely fair and to that point i feel like i should mention one of my favorite things scarlett johansson has ever done she read the audiobook for alice in wonderland and it was great. Mm-hmm. Yeah, she has a great voice, man. She did so good with that. I really liked that. That's on YouTube, man. You can check that out whenever you want, literally. It's <laughs> only two it hours. I'll check it out. So what do you think about the Spider-Man trailer? Man, I got to tell you, every time Spider-Man has ever come out with a movie, I have always thought, I'm going to see that, but I've never been truly excited for it. I am truly excited for this movie. Um, I really like the look of Mysterio. This is the first time. Is this the first time that we saw him with his fishbowl head and like everything, like his entire costume complete? I don't think it's the first time, but I think it's where we kind of get to see it a little bit longer. I think the right, other shots from the first movies it. were kind of far away, or it was really quick. I think this right. was the first time it kind of focused on it. You can kind of pause it for a second and really get a good glimpse at it. You know. Because he looks freaking awesome. Yeah, he looks really good. Like, I've always liked Mysterio as a character. I never thought we would see him in a movie just because of the nature of his character. But to see him on screen was so cool. Yeah. It was so cool. 
the uh, the elementals, Sandman, and then I forget the other <laughs> Hydro Man, and then and the other Pi- two Pyro Man. I don't think it's Pyro Man. <laughs> I'm just making stuff up. <laughs> but you're right. Fire Hydro Man. Man is one of them. Fireman, Magma, whatever. whatever. I'm gonna edit that out. That's really interesting because I was convinced that those were going to be illusions that Mysterio was putting up. And now it doesn't look like that's the case. Well, it still could be. It could be, but, I mean, it could be, sure. I don't think that Mysterio is going to be a good guy come the end of the movie. I think he is going to prove that he is a bad guy, even if he is trying to be good in this universe and he does Mm -hmm. come from a multiverse. It's just in his nature to be a bad guy. Right. I find it kind of funny you like this trailer because I'm the opposite. You don't I like feel this I I'm the opposite. I like Star- Spider-Man trailers when they've always come out. I felt like I want to see that. Yeah. This trailer came out, and I just really don't care. Right. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? It's partly just because that I'm I'm I just when you really just want to see a standalone movie, and you got Nick Fury in there, and it just for me it's just. I know you got an extended universe you want to build and it's this massive thing, but that's the downside for it, man. I'm just tired of this constant movie building. And it's like, I would have loved to see a movie where Spider-Man deals with it on his own. I know this is something me and you talked about with the last trailer. We would have liked to see a direction where Nick, no one's in there. Like you be learn on your own. Like that's the best thing. You're, you're the Spider-Man. You know what I'm saying? He's one of the best heroes in the Marvel universe. Let the man learn on his own. Let the kid learn on his own. And to have him almost like babysit all the time. And But I mean, that is the direction they've taken the character in recent right. years. No, no, no. I'm I mean, I'm saying I'm saying I just don't like the direction. That's just that's me fair. personally. You yeah. know what I'm saying? So that's why I think for the movie it's not as excited or I'm not as high on my list to want to watch it. You know what I'm saying? Right. I Okay, I see what you're saying. I like though that they are doing it this way because here's the thing going back to civil war we even heard peter parker say i was doing it on my own before it just wasn't working mm-hmm. because he was a young kid had no training he didn't know what he was doing mm-hmm. then iron man kind of took him under his wing right now he's learning from iron man and then he became an avenger in infinity war mm-hmm. And now that Iron Man's dead, somebody else is going to take over that training, and it's going to be Nick Fury. Mm-hmm. And I'm curious to see what their dynamic is going to be like because of just the kind of grumpy man that Nick Fury is yeah. and how just over-the-top and excitable Tom Holland, Tom Holland, Peter Parker is. Yeah. <laughs> so, I don't know. I'm actually really excited about this movie. I cannot wait. And I won't have to wait long. I think it's July. Yeah. Yeah. Right around the corner. Yes, it is. Now, one thing that people were talking about relentlessly before Endgame came out was Avatar. Mm -hmm. In connection with Endgame. Because they wanted to have Endgame surpass Avatar at the Worldwide Box Office. Right. Avatar as of right now, it's still sitting on top with $2.78 billion in its pocket. 
That's a lot of money. Yeah. Endgame came out with an opening weekend of over $300 million domestically. And it was just blowing the doors off theaters. People were like, oh, it is easily going to catch Avatar. Mm-hmm. It's easily going to catch Avatar. Right. Endgame had a production budget of $365 million. Now, they don't take that into consideration when they're talking about the box office. Right. But just an interesting piece to know. Mm-hmm. Domestically, mm-hmm. as of today, Avengers Endgame has made $777 million. Right. Worldwide, it's sitting at two billion six hundred and twenty-two million nine hundred and fourteen thousand ninety-eight dollars. Right. That is an insane amount of money. Yeah. It's going into its fourth week now, mm-hmm. and that's where we're sitting. Last week, it dealt with John Wick. Mm-hmm. Week before that, dealt with Pikachu. This week coming up, it's going to have to go up against Aladdin. Well, I feel like it's you still got to count those factors and Pika, the Detective Pikachu perfect again for kids to go. You're going to have a array of different movies to go see. Oh yeah. And it's going to be really tough for Avengers to catch Avatar at this point just because the amount of diversity there is. Right. And then I think like next week we got Godzilla. Kid monsters. Look. <laughs> Hold on, just a real quick sidebar. I know this is a Disney show. I'm not going to focus on this too much. I saw the Godzilla trailer ahead of Endgame in D-Box. It was glorious. I got chills. I almost wept. It was (laughs) awesome. I cannot wait for that movie. I cannot wait either. Oh, my. I got chills running up my back right now. It's awesome. Just freaking out. I am, really. It's all my But see, that's the thing. It's, And I find it really funny because... A lot of people are viewing this as like a failure, like for some reason if it doesn't catch Avatar. It's like it's personal expectation. Yeah, I mean like come on. I mean this movie it's stupid. Like it's not it's not funny. Like it's it's absolutely stupid how much money this movie made, how much of a success this is. And let's not forget that Avatar is now under Disney's banner. I mean, technically it's it was made by Fox at the time, but I mean it's still a record hold now by Disney. It's it's absolutely ridiculous. Right. And keep in mind, Avatar had a runtime of two hours and 42 minutes, mm-hmm. right? Right. Which, like, ah, oh, that's a long movie. Yes, but it's not a three-hour movie, which is what Endgame is. Endgame has come this close, and it's not been able to have nearly as many viewings of its movie as Avatar. Mm-hmm. Now, granted, I think that's more important come, like, the first weekend, maybe first couple of weekends, because you have just shows selling out. Well, Avatar was a different. Avatar started slow, and then everybody kept saying, you gotta go see this movie. Right. And it just kept rolling forever and ever and ever and ever. Let's not forget, that was just a one movie done over. Avengers had 22 movies leading up to this point. You're right, but, and I think that's kind of... I'm just saying, Shot to just give, give give props to, I mean, that's a stupid record by any means for just one off movie. You know oh, what yes. I'm saying? Out of the blue. Absolutely stupid. So will it catch Avatar? At this moment, I would probably say it's going to fall just short. It might get close. If it succeeds, Avatar, great. Like, I mean, like, it, it doesn't matter at this point. There's nothing more to prove. This movie 
is the second biggest movie of all time. Right. You know, and and I think that's 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 more than enough that there needs to be, you know. Personally, I think obviously there's one of two options here. It's either yes it's going to pass it or no it's not. If I had to put money on it, I would say no it's not, but it's gonna be like Avatar is like two point seven eight and Avengers Endgame is two point seven seven. Yeah. And if it does surpass it, it's gonna be Avengers. 2.79 like it's gonna be right there yeah no it's gonna be close it's gonna be a close battle what I find pretty crazy too though is, is like I was looking at the box office and I still found out that domestically though it still hasn't beat The Force Awakens <laughs> yeah I find right. that pretty crazy so it's like Americans are all about our Star Wars and the world is like we're all about the Avengers <laughs> It's it's just funny to kind of see how the box office in different areas affects certain things. You know what I'm saying? It's it's oh, really sure. interesting, you know? Because oh, sure while is. Star Wars had the box office domestically here, it didn't make nearly as much as what Avengers did overseas. So I just find that really, really interesting, you know? That's why box office numbers is pretty cool to look at. Yeah, especially when, you know, like I like movies as much as I do. You like movies as much as you do. It's just a, a little peek inside, like, the business end of it. And yeah. Seeing how different movie movie territories affected it. it's it's it is interesting. Yeah. All right. Speaking of Star Wars, though, Chris, let's move on to our next topic, which is the Star Wars Episode Nine article that Vanity Fair put out. I went over it. You went over it too. Yes. Yeah. All right. What were your initial thoughts after reading the article? I found it more. Effective than the trailer. <laughs> me too. Like, like the images and the, what was said sold me a hundred times more than the than the trailer did. Mm-hmm. And where I was going, okay, that's coming. Now I'm going. All right, I'm I'm ready for this. Like it's starting. Like and I can't wait to to see this movie again. You know. Yeah, I am very excited about this. You had some pretty dramatic photos. In the set, you know, the one with Hux and the other general, I don't know his name off the top of my head. Yeah, but he's a, he was nominated for an Academy Award. I forgot his name, but he's a very talented actor. It's going to be interesting. A lot of people are saying that that might be Hux's father. If you read the books, you know that that's not the case. <laughs> but, I mean, you never know. I mean, you could throw things out there. But what I appreciate about that image is the this what is it, the The First Order, seems like it's run by a bunch of kids, and it's yes. nice to see some men involved. Yes. To see some hardcore, like, guys who are making decisions other than these whiny little kids that are screaming and yelling all the time, you know, which is badly needed. You know what I'm saying? So when you see that picture, I felt like, okay, the First Order's, like, it, it's becoming more serious now. You know what I'm saying? Right, which might be just a little bit too little too late because it's episode nine. It's the right. end. Right. But, I mean, if that's the thing, if you're going to try to turn this ship around and end it on a high note, fine. You know right. what I'm saying? Because I'll be honest with you, that was one thing that I actually did like about Kylo Ren was essentially his temper tantrums that he was throwing because mm. – he felt like an off-kilter villain. Right. He felt menacing. It felt like he would whip out his lightsaber mm-hmm. and kill you see, at a see, moment notice. Uh, while you're saying that's 100% correct, I agree with that. But then you have the Hux character, who right. in the first movie seemed a little more level-headed, and then come into the second movie, and he's just treated like a kid. You know what I'm saying? I so agree. you kind of feel like, 
okay, so the First Order now is run by these two <laughs> angry, screamy, yelly kids. And it's like, that works for Kylo. And I actually like that in Kylo. Right. Not for Hux. Like, you know what I'm saying? You kind of need that balance. Maybe he's that balancing factor in this movie. I kind of hope so, because it it would be nice to feel like we're told that the First Order is intimidating. Don't feel it. But you don't feel it. No. Although I will say that one scene where Hux is addressing the First Order and then they Fantastic. blow up the, the planet. Love that scene. Oh, my God. It was great. Yeah, it was a great scene. <laughs> Something straight out of Nazi Germany. Yes. <laughs> but I was like, they are intimidating. And then from there on, it just kind of went downhill. Right, right. So it's really cool to see that intimidation factor again. Mm-hmm. It's cool to see the Knights of Rent. Oh, my gosh, yeah. Because now we're told that these guys are going to actually play a significant role in nine. Mm-hmm. Everybody thought that the Knights of Ren was going to be an eight. Because after eight, you were one person who was constantly talking about, I don't think that Star Wars has a plan. Mm-hmm. I don't think they have a heading of where mm-hmm. they're going. Mm-hmm. Do you think that the Knights of Ren being in this movie is a direct response from everybody saying, hey, I thought they were going to be an eight, and then Lucasfilm going, that's a great idea. They should have been an eight. Let's put them in nine. Mm-hmm. Kinda, yeah. <laughs> kinda, kinda. Um, yeah, it, it's it's it is weird, right? Like, I mean, you had all this set up in the first movie, and then it kind of nothing really happens in the second movie, and then it kind of leaves you going, okay, if you don't want to give it to me in the second movie, that's fine. Mm-hmm. But continue that thread. It almost feels like it was just snipped, and like right, nothing ever happened with it. Right. You know? So. I'm excited to see though that that picture. That picture looked freaking awesome. You had one guy with like a gun arm. Yeah. One dude has a big old like meat cleaver thing. Like I mean, <laughs> chopping up bantha meat. Like it's it's insane. Uh, they look menacing. You know what I'm saying? That's the thing, man. Again, going back to that first image that we talked about. There's menace there. There is intimidation there, mm-hmm. and. It's nice to have the villains, for lack of a better term, just have some balls again, you know? Yeah, yeah. Have some oomph to them. Desperately needed. I agree. Two more pictures that I really want to talk about. Mm. One was the fight scene between Kylo Ren and Rey. Didn't that look nuts? Such a good picture. That's the thing about these Vanity Fair pictures. They were all great. Like They were. And that that was the one that I was like the creme de la creme because like the way the ocean waves were hitting, the way their position was, the lightsabers, the blue and the red, like it was a beautiful picture. Right. And then you had the caption underneath it of Kylo saying, yeah, their connection or how did he put it? Their maybe connection runs a lot deeper than you actually initially thought. Right. Which you thought it ran pretty deep Mm -hmm. from seven. You thought it ran really deep in eight. It's deeper than that? All right, cool. I'm interested. Mm-hmm. Are we drifting back into family territory now? Yeah. You know what I'm th- yeah. saying? And that's and that's where it's going to be really cool. Um, that's where I'm hoping that this, why this episode really sticks the landing. You know what I'm saying? Oh, yeah, I do I'm, too. I'm really hoping that it can really just put an end to this trilogy on a really good note. But, yeah, we're going to get – I also appreciated what he said, that we're going to finally get a conclusion to the – to this millennia-long conflict between the Jedi and the Sith. It's going to be resolved. It's going to be interesting. Yes. And it's interesting that those two are going to do it because 
uh, correct me if I'm wrong, but they've never referred to Kylo Ren as a Sith. No. Or <clears> even <throat> as an apprentice well, or Snoke, anything. Well, Snoke, same thing with Snoke. Right. Snoke wasn't referred to as a Sith. Rey was never a Jedi. I mean, she got all the, the teachings of the Jedi, so I suppose by default she could be a Jedi Knight. Well, but, I mean, yeah, she's going down the teachings, but again, right. she can still veer off and do her own thing very, sure. very easily. So I can't wait, you know, because, I mean, as much as I love Star Wars, seeing this end to this fight would be great because then that means we can just start now doing other stuff. We can get out of this just black side and the and the, and the light side fighting all the time, screwing everything up. We can finally now go into different areas and stuff, you know? What if by bringing balance to the Force, what was meant was that there should be no light side or dark side and there should just be nothing but grays? Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, that's that's honestly what the main thing is. It's the fact that... I got to tell you, that would be a very unsatisfying ending. <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah. We should stop Well, this. just because you should stop it doesn't mean you will. <laughs> <laughs> it's true. You know what I'm saying? And... So yeah, that that but like I said, getting back to that picture, that picture was sweet and got me pumped up for their final fight at the end of the movie, hopefully. Dude, me too. Me too. I am really looking forward to this movie. The last picture that I really want to talk about is the picture of Luke Skywalker and R2D2. Right. Because we were all under the assumption that Luke Skywalker at the end of 8 dies. Yeah. Right? He looks very much alive in this photo. Yeah. And it's not like, oh, he looks like a force ghost. No, no. He looks fully alive. Yeah. If I'm not mistaken, he's got his hand on R2, doesn't he? Mm-hmm. So he's interacting with his surroundings, which well, you could Yoda, say Yoda well, did Yoda that did too. Well, Yoda did too. Yeah, he knocked him on the head. He shot lightning from the sky. Yeah, but Yoda still had that blue, ethereal glow. Blue. Yeah. Right where Luke doesn't, and it's not like oh, it's it, it's gonna be added in in a photo. It's gonna be added in in post. Well, a lot of people were thinking too. There, the theories that I kind of knocked down right away was that oh, that's the scene with the Jedi Order, the temple, like his temple getting burnt down. Because you know, while that makes sense, look at his facial hair and his, his right. It's all gray. When that happened with him and Kylo, he still had that short. Uh, brown like he he didn't have that gray in his hair it was still short at the time he had the old brown robes this is all white so we're going either going back or we are going forward so it's it's one or or we're in present time you know what i'm saying it's one of those two you know what i'm saying so i'm just super interested in that theory it makes me think that he might there just might be a chance he could still be alive (laughs) you know there's just a little bit of hope you know what I'm saying? I do. And it wouldn't feel to me anyway as bad as, say, Tony Stark coming back in a Marvel movie because for the most part, man, Star Wars deaths hit and they stick. Mm-hmm. You know, granted, with this movie, you're you're flirting with a couple of them possibly happening, maybe Luke mm-hmm. coming back and maybe Palpatine coming back, but Anakin dies in Return of the Jedi. Mm-hmm. Anakin's dead. Yeah, he's dead. Well, you always got the Force ghosts, and they're always walking around and doing whatever the heck they want to do. But at least they treat that as uh, a really quick coming in, giving you some advice, and good luck to you, goodbye, you right. know, sort of thing. You know, they don't come back in in life form or anything like that. You know, exactly. Which that would irritate me. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. for sure, <laughs> for sure. 
I I love that picture that showed uh, uh what is it Finn, and that other girl the riding on oh, those man. horses like into battle with bow and arrow. She had a bow and arrow. He had a gun. Like it did was, he have a gun? Oh man! Yeah, he had a. It, it looks so good. It really did. And I I just want to bring up just because they're in a photo together does not mean that they're gonna be a love interest. Mm. But I genuinely hope that it is. <laughs> yeah. Just anything to stop that god awful relationship between him and <laughs> and Rose. Yes. Man, that's a bad that's a bad relationship. Yeah. That's the relationship that your friends, if you have good ones, will sit you down and say, Listen. No. This is a just move on. Get out of this. <laughs> You're lucky she hit you where she did in her ship. She could have just killed you herself. <laughs> you both could have died, and then you guys would just would have been dead, and they still would have knocked the door down. That would have been very funny. Unstable, unstable Rose. <laughs> 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 yeah, man. So this got me pumped for the movie. I'm ready for it. And uh, I, th- I think it's fair to say we're both now on board for this movie. Yeah, yeah, man. Me At least too. from these images and what we're told, you know what I'm saying? Exactly, exactly. And what's funny is there's certain things that you see in live action, in motion, that look better than when you see them in a still photo, mm-hmm. right? Right. Like, I didn't personally really like the genie from Aladdin in the still photos that we got in Entertainment Weekly. Mm-hmm. However... The trailers, I thought he looked great. You know what I'm saying? So this, I hope, everything comes together yeah, <laughs> for good yeah. marketing. Well, they have to. It has to. There's so much pressure on this movie, and I'm yeah. cheering for it. I'm really hoping it sticks the landing. Because I, like I said, I want while the all these movies, I wouldn't say they're not a failure. None of these movies have been a failure. But oh, I would by say, no means. No, and they haven't been a movies where I haven't been able to watch them. I watch them all the time. So it's not like these are terrible movies. I just want this stamp to really bring home these two last two movies and we can finally put this to bed. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. That'll, that'll be really cool. So I'm pumped for this movie. I can't wait. So this is going to put an end to this saga of movies. Episodes yep. one to nine, this is done. Mm-hmm. So the next trilogy of movies coming out, like we discussed last time, is going to be the Benioff and Weiss ones. Mm-hmm. Do you have any thoughts on that? Because do they go back and go with like a Knights of the Old Republic and then kind of do like a Star Wars version of Game of Thrones, which is they just got off? Yeah. Is that what they would want to do? Maybe. I mean, I think the world is their oyster. You know what I'm saying? I think right. they're they just getting them on board is fantastic. Oh, sure. I mean, they're great storytellers. The so they're going to be like, hey, you know, I'm pretty sure you can do whatever you want. Now, you might want to stick to your strengths. You might, you might not want to. You might want to continue. I just think whatever direction they decide to go, it's going to be a nice change of pace. You know what I'm saying? Because it's going to be nice to just get out of the this nine these nine films, you know, to get out of there and just tell different stuff and learn different things, it's going to be nice. Well, honestly, that's why I'm so excited about The Mandalorian. Right. So to see something that, as far as I know, will not cross over into any of the other movies. I'm hoping that it doesn't. Because mm-hmm. that would be just fantastic. Well, I wouldn't tremendous. mind if you hear there's Easter eggs or there is references and stuff like that. Maybe it's a how certain things happen in the movies. I wouldn't be, ter- I wouldn't be upset with it. It's I just going to be, be ups- cool not seeing that right. that drama play out all the time. You know what I'm saying? Right. And I I wouldn't be upset to hear 
of a character, of something happening. Like, oh, Rian Alderaan is gone now. Like, okay, cool, I got it. Yeah. That's when Darth Vader blew up the, blew up the planet. Cool, I'm on board. I don't need to see it. I also don't need to see Darth Vader. I don't need to see the Death Star. Well, the thing is you won't have to because the Mandalorian's taking place right after the Return of the Jedi. Oh, that's true. So it's going to be in the period between The Force Awakens. Right, I'm that. just giving you an example. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I get what you're saying. So that would make me very happy just to have something almost completely divorced but still within the... Com- like kind of similar to the way Netflix did Daredevil, Luke Cage, Jessica Jones, and Iron Fist. Mm-hmm allegedly it was connected to the rest of the MCU, but they made just like passing references to like the incident and the big green guy or the guy with the hammer. Mm -hmm. Like if you watch those, you can genuinely forget that those are not part of the MCU Mm -hmm. in any way. Yeah. So that's kind of what I want the Mandalorian to do for star Wars. Right. But speaking of going in another direction, my friend, let us talk about the Maleficent 2 trailer <laughs> and its posters. All right. All right. So, I got a lot to say about this. So, let's talk about the poster first. Okay. What did you think of the poster? Wasn't nothing too... It's not special, right? Yeah, nothing special. Okay. It's a weird choice. Number one, movie posters are almost exclusively portrait posters. Almost always. Vertical, right? High. Not this one. For some reason, like, let's make it long. And then so they have this horizontal horizon-style photo. Mm. And it's just Maleficent with Michelle Pfeiffer photoshopped on top of her (laughs) right wing. And Sleeping Beauty Aurora photoshopped on top of her left wing. And then it says Maleficent 2 at the top. And it's a bad poster. Yeah. If I didn't look at it right before you and I went in here, I would not be able to talk about it because it's very <laughs> forgettable. <laughs> right, right. Well, most most movie posters are. You know what I'm saying? There's not uh, very what, many good posters. No, I'm, that's what I'm trying to say. There's not many good ones, but the ones that are good, they'll stand out, and you remember them, and you're like, oh, my God, that one poster. But Right. You know, there's not many times where they do stick out that well, you know? And this, again, it's just a, a problem I feel that Disney has – is their marketing. I feel like it's a little lackadaisical. Maybe. Because they're like, hey, we're Disney. They're going to come out and see these movies anyway. Mm-hmm. But, like, the poster for Aladdin, I thought that was really cool. The one of Aladdin in the middle holding the lamp and then the scenes going on around him, I thought that was a really interesting, po- uh, a really interesting poster. Right. But this, this is... No- I could have made this. <laughs> yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like, I got... I have 15 years of Photoshop experience. This is well within my grasp. You can tell this was just like, let's get people to get eyes on this. Mm-hmm. That's it. That's all that matters. Exactly. So what do you think about the bloody trailer, dude? Oh, Chris. <laughs> so remember a couple episodes back, we were talking about Maleficent 2, and you said, don't worry, man. The biggest problem is past. You know, they've already shown us that she is a good guy. That Band-Aid's already been ripped off. Now we can go into Maleficent 2 and know exactly what we're getting, mm-hmm. right? You said that to me. Right. And I said, that's a great point. And I felt a little hope in my heart. Right. I felt happy for a while. Mm-hmm. And then I saw this stupid trailer, and they're trying to package this as that she's bad again. Why? Why are they doing this? Because they just want to torture you, man. 
it doesn't make sense. No, it doesn't. And that's what kind of really, that's again, that's just the most annoying thing about this. It's like, okay, you took the most evil, arguably the most evil villain in Disney. Her name literally means evil person. Yeah. <laughs> and she, the most scariest person, you turned her into a good person. Fine. You turned her into a good person. Be content, like be constant with that. Yes. The second movie, like, what are you gonna do? You're gonna switch it around. I know the beats to this movie now. Now we can go in and be completely surprised. And Aurora cuts her head off at the end of the movie, <laughs> and they hit Michelle Pfeiffer turns into an angel and stabs her through the heart, something like that. And we're just like, didn't see that coming. She really was evil, and they had to take her out. That could happen. I suppose you're right. Yeah. But what's more than likely going to happen is she's going to have this I'm bad. I'm feeling sad. I'm 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 angry and Aurora's going to change her and the good queen Michelle Pfeiffer is going to be the real villain and Exactly. It's going to be the kind of anti-villain Boba Fett kind of thing where I'm gonna, I'm not bad, I'm not good. I'm just going to, you know, I I don't mind taking people out, but that doesn't make me evil. You know, sort of thing. And she's going to kill her at the end. So, I mean, it's just, you can kind of see the beats how this movie's going to go. And and I'm I'm hating it. Me too. And I got to be honest, man. The story is what is killing these movies for me. Because they look breathtaking. Oh, yeah. That was the one thing that we were watching right before we got, right before the show started. I had to look at it because I didn't look at it because I was afraid of it. And uh <laughs> but I was one thing I said to you, man, this movie looks gorgeous. Like yeah. once again, uh Angelina Jolie looks fantastic mm-hmm. as Maleficent. The movie looks beautiful. Her the wings, like all of that, like the movie is gorgeous looking. Yes. I just wish it was a better just story. Wish, yeah, it's something that I wanted to 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 see, you know? Because what I'm I saying? I want to be I want to have a desire to be taken back to that world because it is vibrant, it's lush, it's interesting to look at. There's so much stuff going on when you're flying through the hollows, I believe they call them in the first one, that you could realistically see it two or three times and not see everything going on in those scenes. But because the story is so bad, I was like, I'd rather not. I'd really rather not. No, thank you. No, thank you. Now, here's the other thing. In Maleficent 1, right, trailer comes out, had that great, great scene of, like, come into the light. I can't. Why? Are you afraid? No, because then you'll be afraid. Like, she felt very menacing and felt like a villain. I'm like, oh. Terrifying. That's good. That was a good scene. That was good stuff. That was great. It made me very excited for the movie. Mm -hmm. And now they're doing the same kind of stuff but this time doesn't excite me because I know I'm wise to the nonsense. I know <laughs> what's coming. Don't fool me with that nonsense. Exactly. And it's a great scene. It's a great line. It is a, oh, it's a great line. I just wish yeah. it was in a better movie. Yeah. Now, granted, again, could be great. Movie could be good. Mm-hmm. They could have seen the first one and been like, oh, my God. We really did mess up. We need to fix this. We need to make Just things make better. Make her evil. We'll get Sleeping Beauty to sleep again. <laughs> <laughs> That's like Sleeping Beauty's thing. She just gets put in comas for a very long amount of time. Poor girl. She just can't enjoy her life. 
And what's sad is that Disney, for the most part, has done a very good job with its live-action movies. Aside from Maleficent, and after a a second rewatch Mm -hmm. of Alice Through the Looking Glass, it's not really a good movie. Uh, That's really it, though. I love Jungle Book. The live-action Cinderella is phenomenal. Mm -hmm. Beauty and the so Beast was good. Beauty and the Beast was very good. I enjoyed that. So, And I'm going to be seeing Aladdin tomorrow. And I know you're seeing it over the weekend, and we're mm-hmm. talking about it on this show with our wives. They're coming in yeah. next week. And I hope that that one's good as well. Yeah, I've heard it's great. So Disney can make good movies. Yeah, It's just this particular do you think it has to do more with their fact that they were like, okay, so we got Angelina Jolie, right? She's a star. Everybody knows. Everybody loves her. It would be weird just making her a villain. Like, we can't do that. Do you think it was more like that sort of thing? Because that's how I feel like they kind of went about it. You know what I'm saying? Whereas, like, we got this great actress. Everybody loves her. It's just like we can make her an antihero. You know what I'm saying? Like, just put her in this ground where she's not good, she's not bad, and you know what I'm saying? Like I, I do. I, I like the idea. Like I'm just really hoping that they learned and they were just like, let's let let's fool some people. Let's just put this trailer out. Let's let everybody think that these are the beats. This is how it's gonna be, and we'll just change it up on them. I love that idea. Don't think they're gonna do it though. You know. Neither do I. Neither do I. Because that scene I was talking about was when was when Maleficent was talking to Michelle Pfeiffer's character. And she's like, well, if I didn't know any better, I'd say you were threatening me. And she's like, well, do you? Do I what? No better. It's like, oh, that was that was great. Mm-hmm. And that was very menacing. But to answer your question, yes. I think that Disney started making a movie and they realized, oh, hey, it's really hard to make a movie where the villain is essentially the protagonist and you follow the villain you want to feel sympathy for the person that you are following, right? Yeah, and I think another thing that they did that shoot them in the foot is all these other movies, they're remakes of the originals. Maleficent is Maleficent. There's no movie before called Maleficent. There's right. Sleeping Beauty. Mm-hmm. When they went through, but we're seeing it through the eyes of Maleficent, right. that's where they went wrong. They should right. have done just the Sleeping Beauty remake, you know? As, yes, or even if you wanted to show it through the eyes of Maleficent, yeah. even be as faithful. her, yeah. be faithful. Even if you are showing it as her thinking that she is the good guy and she is justified, mm-hmm. you still show exactly what she did and she still comes off the same way. Right. You know what I'm saying? Where I think DC ran into the same issue when they tried to do Suicide Squad. Yeah. I think they're going to fix that with Joker. Yeah. <laughs> and I really hope that they do. Right, right. But I do think that this is going to be more of the same stuff that we got last time. Yeah. And it's upsetting. It is. And here's the hoping that she's evil, I guess. Uh, Yeah. Me too. (laughs) (laughs) Speaking of Aladdin, we ended up getting three exclusive clips from the movie. The one that we've essentially seen. There was a shot where Aladdin's like, hey, Make me a prince. Mm-hmm. It's like, yeah, there's a lot of gray area in make me a prince. Right, right. That scene, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
You get a little bit more of it. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) You see a little bit more of it, and it's a fine clip, but I know that you haven't seen these clips because you're trying to stay stay away from it because you're excited for the movie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But the clip Jasmine goes on a magic carpet ride, Mm -hmm. it's fantastic. It's fantastic. It was one of my favorite parts of one of the trailers. I think it was the second trailer when Naomi Watts, that's her name, got it. When she starts singing A Whole New World, I was like, oh, man, that's awesome. She's doing such a good job. Mm-hmm. It's just a little bit longer version of that, mm-hmm. and she does. She does a really good job, yeah. and it's really cool to see them flying through Agrabah. That made me very happy. Nice. My favorite song in Aladdin is Prince Ali. Mm-hmm. I really like that song. It's fun. It's frenetic. It's fun to see Robin Williams as the genie bouncing around the town. Hundred bad guys with swords. Right, and then he turns into a goat. It's awesome. Like <laughs> turns into that that chick that's hanging out the window with the boobs yes. and everything. Love that. Exactly. See, that was a lot of fun, and I was like, man, I am really interested to see what they do with this scene in particular, or if they're even gonna have this scene because Disney likes to cut stuff out. Mm-hmm. And they released a clip. That was the third I clip. I saw that the we thumbnail got. for it. And I was, believe me when I tell you, I was really tempted to click on it. But I kept telling myself, I got one more week. Let me just <laughs> wait because I really truly just want to be surprised. I don't care if you tell me now. I'm just saying, I just truly want to be surprised as far as the quality of the clip, as far as just the certain things he does, because he does do a lot in that yeah. clip. He turns into a million different things. I'm like, I just want to see that's going to be like in the movie. You know what I'm saying? Oh, yeah. Absolutely. What do you think of it, though? The clip is really good. Yeah? The clip is really, really good. It's a lot of fun. Here's the thing. Even though this part was, you know, in the trailers and in the marketing, I guess I'm going to put a, you know, a spoiler warning. That way no one gets mad at me. Yeah, there you go. Yeah. But the genie doesn't transform. You know what I'm saying? You don't have him transforming into a goat. You don't have him transforming into, you know, women or other men or anything else. But he does bring different things that the genie didn't do in that movie to this one. And it's just, it's really clever. How does it sound? It sounds really good. Will Smith, yes, he is a rapper. And I've been saying this since, since Go. He is a rapper, but the man can sing. Yeah, he can. And... He's singing in this. And he brings a little bit, it feels like a little bit of freestyle to that, mm-hmm. like of that rap. Nice. To it. And it's So he makes it his own. He does. He makes it his own. Like, like there's this one scene where he's like, ladies. And then the ladies say something like, fellas, help me out. And then mm-hmm. guys go, like, all together now. And then everybody goes, it's really good. Wow. This is really good. Yeah. I couldn't stop smiling watching the clip. I'm very excited about seeing this movie tomorrow. Yep. It's going to be great. <sighs> hopefully. Hopefully. <laughs> yes. Hopefully it's really good. <laughs> Another movie that we're hoping is really good, I'm hoping it's really good anyway, is Toy Story 4. Mm. Yeah. Now, I we just saw the trailer for it. I saw it. Chris, you saw it. What did you think about it? Okay. This is going to be controversial. Okay. <laughs> I am not interested in this movie. Really? Not not because of Toy Story. I'm going to be there flipping out the night it comes out. 
But as far as the story, it's not at all selling me. This Forky thing, them going to find it, just the beats and like, 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 just the what, just what the meat of the story is. Eh. Like it's like eh, to me, you know what I'm saying? It's right. just they got to find another toy, and you know that sort of thing. It's not really selling me. I don't really care for it. There are some hilarious moments though. There really are in this trailer that are that like the last scene where it showed Ducky and the bear. <laughs> Or the, the rabbit, bunny. the bunny, and he—they're just like <laughs> attack her, dude. Was f- dude? I didn't expect. I was dying when I saw that. <laughs> Buzz like, oh, we're not doing. Yeah, that. we're not doing that. <laughs> My gosh, that was so good. But like, I'm I'm just saying, as far as that when the, that when the dog, I think it's a dog, rips one of the plush toys apart. Oh, it's like, is that is that what's we, inside what us? We look like on the inside. There's so much fluff. So like much that is fluff. so funny to me. Yeah. That is that is way darker than I ever expected a Toy Story movie to go. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I could not stop laughing. Right. And see that's the thing. I it's not me saying I don't think this movie's going to be good. Right. I know it's going to be good. When I go sure. in, I'm expecting to come out of this movie going this movie is the greatest. Mm-hmm. But these trailers haven't been like hasn't given me that punch other than just me being like, I want to see Woody again. And I want to see Buzz again. I want to see the Toy Story world again. The story just doesn't draw me. You know what I'm saying? And for, and if anything, I'm kind of happy in a way because then maybe then when I go in, it'll really just hit me. You know what I'm saying? So yeah. while I think the trailers haven't been that great, I mean, or the story, I don't think that's great. I'm still excited to see it though. What about you? what do you think? Me too, and honestly, we talked about my two favorite parts of the trailer already, which is mm-hmm. the ducky and bunny scenes, and I'm really happy that we got some more time with them because we didn't really get a whole heck of a lot of time. Like, any time that we have seen them, though, I've loved them. Yeah, like, Hopefully they haven't shown all the moments because, my goodness, they their Key and Peele are hilarious. They so really are. I'm really hoping that they're saving some some other laughs and they're not showing us all of this stuff. Because my God, that was great. Attacking her face, my God. <laughs> and it was so fast too. It was just boom. It was great. Like I would genuinely put them on like the same level of comedy duos as like Abbott and Costello, Chris Farley and David Spade. Yeah. Like the same level. Like you put them together and you're gonna get a little bit of magic. Yeah. They're just fun. Yeah. They're just fun. Now I will say that. Like you, I'm really not interested in Forky. Yeah. Not interested in him at all. Just and the I story hope... behind it is just not that. It hasn't sold me. And it could be that we haven't seen Forky. Like That's the thing. I hope that it's that. I hope yeah. that I, because I haven't seen him, I'll fall in love with him. Because obviously we never knew Buzz and Woody before Toy Story 1. Right. And look where they are now. So... I'm here's praying. Like, here's hoping. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and that's the thing. I, I'm... I'm not worried at all about this movie. That's one thing that I I know. Like I'm not worried about this movie. I because it's Toy Story, it's earned comp- my complete faith. Sure. You know that all their movies have been good. And I can't say that for all the movies I've been like at least for the third one, I don't remember being like I can't wait for this movie and then I saw it and it still didn't change the way I felt about how I felt about that movie. Like it just it you know what I'm saying like I I lost my mind at the end of the movie. So sure. So that's what I'm saying. I'm I'm hoping that it's is much more of just like 
I don't really care about the plot until I see the movie, you know, and then once I do, they're going to just knock my socks off. So that's that's what I'm thinking is going to happen, you know. I agree, man. I agree. That's all we can do is hope. Oh. <laughs> Chris, let me ask you a question, man. Like growing up, were you ever like a fan of the Disney afternoon? Not really. No. Partly because I was much more of a fan of the Toonami at the time. They had a Cartoon Network and they had when I oh. came home from school, he had Dragon Ball Z and Gundam Wing and all of that sort of stuff that kind of pulled my attention away from Disney, the Disney Channel. But it didn't stop like every once in a while I showed over watched the many adventures of Winnie the Pooh that they had on occasionally. I and, love that show. Uh Darkwing Duck. Oh yes. And uh Chris Darkwing Duck. So yeah. Not he- heavily invested in the Disney Channel growing up. Be still my beating heart. I love Darkwing Duck. <laughs> it's such a funny show. Oh man, I love that show. Like Darkwing Duck was always my favorite. And then after that was a really weird show called Tailspins. Yeah. I don't know if you ever watched that. I, I remember seeing certain episodes, and I kind of liked the idea. It was like an adventure show, right? It was an adventure show. It was Baloo yeah. from the Jungle Book. Yeah, that, that's what always weirded it was me so out. I'm like, strange. What, what is that? He would take- On a it, plane, right? He would take stuff and deliver stuff on a plane. And then King Louie was the owner of a bar, essentially is what it was. Yeah. And him and Baloo were buddies. If I'm not mistaken, Bagheera never showed up. And Shere Khan was a businessman, but a sleazy businessman <laughs> of because he was a villain. Of course. That's hilarious. That's funny. I didn't know any of that stuff. It is such a bizarre concept Because all for I can show. remember is really just Baloo. I remember the cool plane because I thought Indiana Jones. Right. Like, immediately. But, yeah, I didn't know about the rest of that. Speaking of Indiana Jones, thank you for the excellent segue, Chris. My third favorite show on the Disney afternoon was Chippendale's Rescue Rangers. Now, recently we've had DuckTales come back as its own series. Within that series, we've had the return of, I believe, RoboDuck. Last week, or a couple weeks ago now, I guess, Darkwing Duck was on there, which, yes. Mm-hmm. Get the love, buddy, when you can. <laughs> but you didn't hear too much aside from like the duck centric shows, you know, yeah. Duck Tales, Darkwing Duck, so on and so forth. Now, Akiva Schaefer, the guy from the Lonely Island, and if you ever want to see what he has, just watch I'm on a Boat, and that's who that is. <laughs> the guy who is not Andy Sandberg. Yeah. <laughs> he has been brought on to direct a live-action Chippendale's Rescue Ranger movie. I say live-action, it's a CGI live-action hybrid. And I gotta tell you, I am strangely curious and worried about this project because I gotta tell you, man, live-action CGI movies with like famous and loved cartoon characters don't typically go very well. Yeah, but I mean, I'm gonna be. I'm just gonna be saying this right off the bat. I don't think Chip and Dale is watched by as many people. <laughs> I don't think so either. It was which a is really why strange. May, but which is why it might be a safe bet. You know what I'm saying? It might be a safe bet to go ahead and say, listen. You know, I'm not saying that no one liked this show. I'm. I'm oh, just no. simply saying that 
it might, it's not well known. You know what I'm saying? Other than the Kingdom Hearts series, like where you see them, Chip and Dale. It's like other than that, I really don't know nothing about them. Well, to be fair though, they did have a pretty successful comic run after the show was done, and the show itself was popular. But I never hear people talk about Chip and Dale's Rescue Rangers aside from the theme right. song. Well, I'm just talking about a worldwide audience. Sure. It might be the safer bet to be like, okay, we can take a property that's not just nothing, but it's a little something, and we can just take a risk on this guy maybe because maybe he has something good for it. You know sure. what I'm saying? So, I mean, honestly, I am exci- I'm am i not like over the roof for it, but I right. mean, I'm really interested in it because it's it seems like who, whatever the reason why they're deciding to do this, it seems like he might have a good idea for this, you know? And he's pretty funny. Like I said, Chip and Dale's Rescue Rangers was my third favorite show on the Disney afternoon. So I am excited about seeing a movie with them. But, like, a while back, there was talks about Jordan Peele wanting to do a Gargoyles movie. Mm. Like, Gargoyles, you have to admit, is a far more cinematic story. And it just, it wants to be on the big screen especially by a guy like Jordan Peele, us, Get Out, he's done quite a bit. And now with this new Twilight Zone series, it would have been great. It would have been great. Well, it doesn't mean that's not going to happen. You're right, but odds are it probably won't. With as much budget as Disney has that's going to be they're going to be putting into Disney+, Plus. It's that all, would be interesting. That's what I'm trying to say. It may not be because that's the thing. Gargoyles might be a, a harder sell for maybe a movie audience, but if you got the Disney Plus and you're throwing as much money as they are into these shows, yeah, that might be your safer bet to do just a mini series, test it out, and then if it takes off, it takes off. You know. To be honest with you, I didn't even think. I didn't even consider Disney. Plus. Now that Disney Plus is idea. here, anything is possible. <laughs> Listen, okay, anything is possible. The only other thing that I want to mention is now granted this now granted these were not Disney but you had movies like Garfield Garfield Tale of Two Kitties you had the Smurfs you had the Smurfs 2 Sonic mm-hmm. Sonic the Hedgehog I haven't seen that movie yet obviously it's not out <laughs> but it looks abysmal yeah it doesn't look that great I am really really nervous that they are going to just kill Chippendale for me here. I don't know, man. Until we until we see at least a trailer, we're not we're not or in a couple images, we're not going to be able to go in any direction, you know. That's fair. That so, is fair. I'm just saying I'm reticent. That's all. Okay. <laughs> I don't have the invested interest in it as you do, so I maybe maybe I'm just being a little I'm not seeing it from your point of view, buddy. That's all right. Most people don't see things from my point of view anyway. <laughs> All right, man, check it out. One of my favorite things about going to see a Disney movie was the short before it. Like, it always just felt so nice. It was a little surprise, you know? Mm -hmm. Because, hey, I know I'm paying to go see Wreck-It Ralph, and I know what I'm getting. But when Paper Man comes up right before that, I have no idea what this is about, and it's a delight. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I love those, and I love them from Pixar. I I just like the shorts before the movies. So in 2020, after Disney Plus has been you know a little bit established, they're gonna start doing these things called Walt Disney Animation Studios Short Circuit Experimental Films, and that's where anyone 
within Disney Animation Studios can pitch an idea to Disney for a short film, and then if Disney likes it, they will back that person, be them a storyboard artist, an animator, a story guy, a director, it doesn't matter. They'll back that person with the funds that they need to make the movie, and then they're going to put it up on Disney+. Plus. I think this is absolutely brilliant. Absolutely, yeah. Because, like, me personally, I know that right now on Netflix, they have the Disney Shorts. Oh, yeah. The Disney Shorts collection. So good. And I watch those no, all I mean, the time. not all of them, but there's a couple in there that'll just not kill you, you know? Feast is phenomenal. And I, I forget what it's called. I think it's called Tango. Or this cat has to dance with itself and then ultimately has to cut off its own tail. Mm-hmm. It's fantastic. <laughs> <laughs> well, I like the one with the little girl, and she's out in the Russian winter. Oh, Matchstick oh, Girl? Oh, my gosh. That's that very is, sad. That is a dark, <laughs> dark short. But, I mean, I'm just saying the storytelling behind it, the music behind it, because it was silent. They didn't have, there was no words to it. They just right. had the music. But, I mean, my gosh, it was very good on a artistic point of view. The, the, the movie depresses the crap out of you. <laughs> now, Pixar did a very similar thing. They had these things called spark shorts. Right. Now, those are already uploaded to YouTube, so if you want to go check those out, you can. But Disney's waiting for Disney Plus to do its own. And they've already got a couple of them lined up, right? Forgive me, I'm going to butcher this. Jing Zhao, directed by Jerry Hyun, and that guy's worked on Moana and Ralph Breaks the Internet. Obviously, there's not much we can say about these, Mm -hmm. but... Just knowing that they're coming out, it's pretty interesting. Yeah, it's just it's it's a really cool way for them. I think now you know. I mean, you look at uh, Rogue One. I think Rogue One was made. The idea came from somebody who wasn't really that big at all. I forgot. I forgot what position he was in. But right. he came up to them and was just like, "Here's a story I thought of," and it, you know, a couple of people going stealing plans for the Death Star and how successful that movie was. Why not? Why not look internally? You got people who are con- who are around the Disney th- thoughts all day. You're surrounded by all these storyboards. Oh, you sure. got nothing to do but daydream and think of, of ideas. You got it from inside. You know, why hire an outside talent when you can right. hire from within, promote from within? And I think that's a great idea. Oh, absolutely, dude. Disney only hires the best anyway. And when you go to school for animation, when you go to school, you know, for story writing, the whole thing culminates and boils down to you went to school for storytelling. You want to tell a story, Mm. be it you want to write it out, be it you want to draw and have the characters act it out. It's all part of storytelling. And so that is, it's incredible the amount of talent and skill that would be inside that building. Right. Because you have two other ones that are announced right now. You have Just a Thought, and that's going to be directed by Brian Menz. He's done some comic strips. He's also worked on Bolt, Big Hero 6, Wreck-It Ralph, Frozen, Zootopia, Moana, and Ralph Breaks the Internet. Mm -hmm. So that guy's got a background. And all of those films have been great. Right. I think the weakest of those might have been Bolt. Yeah. But, but man, not a, they're not a good. bad movie. No, so. absolutely not. And then the the third one they have right now is called Exchange Student, and that's going to be directed by Natalie Norget. Again, sorry if I 
I messed up your name. They've only worked on Ralph Breaks the Internet, but she started her career drawing indie comics and stuff like that. So again, she's storytelling there. I don't know. I'm just, I'm so excited about this. Yeah, it's a great idea. I think this is such a good idea. All right, staying on Disney Plus, let's talk about Falcon and the Winter Soldier. We found out that on these Disney shows, they're bringing the movie actors back to reprise their roles, right? Right. So it's going to be Anthony Mackie coming back as Falcon, Sebastian Stan coming back as Winter Soldier. Cool. But we didn't know really anything else about the plot. And technically, we still don't know much about the plot. We don't know anything about the plot. But we do have two new characters that we know are coming back. We have Sharon Carter is coming back and Baron Zemo. Yeah. Which is, in my opinion, an odd choice. (laughs) Yeah. Okay, because Baron Zemo in Civil War was apparently the guy who set everything in motion. And I say apparently because he wasn't the best. No. And his plan wasn't very well, not only thought out, but it also wasn't very well explained. So there's like, this is what we're saying, go with it. Right. Okay, I guess so. Right. Well, maybe this is an opportunity because Zemo is, as far as the villain goes, he's not a terrible villain. You know? No, absolutely. So I'm not. saying maybe this is their second time to kind of give him justice. You know. Right. And again, I would think that Disney would take this opportunity to go ahead and just kind of cheap its way out a little bit. But no, they're bringing back Daniel Brühl and Emily Van Camp to play their their characters, which I didn't think. I didn't think that would happen. So. Is that setting a precedent then? Is that going to be moving forward in any of these Marvel spinoffs? Are we going to get the movie actors coming back to play these roles in these shows? Because if that's the case, that makes me very excited. Yeah. You know, because it's one thing to bring the star back because like, ah, you know what? They're going to be on screen all the time. They really need to, they really need to be the stars. Right. But then to bring back a side character in Emily Van Camp, Sharon Stone, Sharon Stone, Sharon Carter, and Daniel Brühl as Zemo. I mean, he could be the main villain, so he would be important in the show. Right. But that's still very exciting. Again, like everything coming out right now about Disney Plus is just freaking aces, man. I'm so excited about Disney yeah. Plus. Can't talk about how good it is enough. Like, like I'm how, taking that how day excited off. we are. Probably going to have to. <laughs> I know I'm just going to be in a Mandalorian drunken revelry right there. I'm just going to be, you won't be able to talk to me. You're going to mute your phone. <laughs> going to talk leave to me no alone. One. Just me, my underwear, pizza, and just nothing but me and the Mandalorian. Ah, <laughs> oh, man. What, what's going on here? I'm sorry, dude. We're down for refurbishments. Yeah, all right. All right, guys, so we're going to start out here in Orlando. Let's talk about the Magic Kingdom. For right now and until further notice, the Walt Disney World Railroad, Fantasyland, the Frontierland, and the Main Street USA terminals are all shut down. That train is not running right now. And like I said, unfortunately, we just don't know when it's going to be back open. In some better news, though, over in Tomorrowland, the Merchant of Venice and Stitch's Great Escape got painted, and they are bright, bright white. Then, a couple days ago, they got red triangles painted on them. You're like, Bryce, what do I care? And I say, I understand. But that's all part of an overhaul that they're doing in Tomorrowland that they're rolling out 
a little bit slower, a little bit more in pieces than what they were doing before with just one giant land being redone in a shot. This is actually very exciting news for me, so I think this is good. And it's all going to be building up to the opening of Tron Light Cycle Racer. And to that point, we have a number of vertical posts that are in the ground right now that they have to build the track for the ride before they actually build the building for it because of the nature of the ride, which is interesting. It's exciting news to be be told that. It's, that's very different. Epcot right now is free of all closures. Hollywood Studios, though, is not. It has closed down the ABC commissary, and it's going to be opening back up on June 6th. As of right now, Animal Kingdom and Typhoon Lagoon are completely operational. There is not a single closure in those parks. Blizzard Beach, however, is right now completely operational. But come October 27th, it's going to be closed until November 30th. Now, they do this every year. That way they have time to clean the park up and do some you know, minor work on it that they need. Now, if we go out to Disneyland out in California, we're going to talk about the Sleeping Beauty Castle walkthrough because allegedly it will be opening this coming Tuesday. And I say that because since me and Chris have started doing this refurbishment list, it has been on it. <laughs> it's been one of the original attractions that was down, and now it could possibly be coming off. So that's a happy day. So here's looking forward to Tuesday the 28th. But Disney giveth... And Disney taketh away, because on the 28th, Disney Gallery and the Disneyland Story presenting great moments with Mr. Lincoln are going to be closed until the long-awaited date of the 29th. Now, if we head on over to the California Adventure, I'd like to welcome back to being open the Silly Symphony Swings, both the singles and the tandems. It's nice to take stuff off this list for a change. The Red Car Trolley, however, is still set to be open back on spring of 2020. If you're a fan of the projection shows that Disney does, you only have until June 7th to catch Mickey's Mixed Magic before it goes away forever. Welcome aboard the Walt Disney World Express Monorail. On behalf of the cast of the Walt Disney World Resort, we'd like to welcome you to the Magic Kingdom. Chris, let me ask you a question, man. When you guys go to Disney, does Raylan usually bring in a purse or a backpack or something? Yeah, she usually brings those little string backpacks. Gotcha, 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 gotcha. Nice mm -hmm. having a, something to take, a, you know, keep your hands free. Yeah. I, I, well, we've been, I mean, the last time we went up there, we mm -hmm. just didn't take anything, which right. is great because we just walked right past the lines. It's Isn't it awesome? Oh, it's great. And I think that's what's changed us because we were both like, this is great. <laughs> and I'm like, see, we don't need that. <laughs> and she's like, you're right. You don't need that. I'm like, walk right in. <laughs> well, you know what? It's funny that you say that because when you walked right in, you still had to go through a checkpoint, right? You still yeah, had yeah, to go yeah. through metal detectors. Yeah, well, I'm brown. I get pulled over quite a bit. <laughs> <laughs> Suppose that might be fair. <laughs> but when you went through those metal detectors, you had to empty your pockets, drop yeah. your drop your wallet, your keys, all that kind of stuff. No more. Actually, Disney is rolling out this thing where they're trying to make it more convenient for the guests to get through the security checkpoints. They have a checkpoint between Contemporary and Magic Kingdom, that walkway area. Right. There's a metal detector right there. 
you have a metal detector that goes into Magic Kingdom, Epcot, and Hollywood Studios as well that you don't need to empty your pockets or anything like that. Right. Now, if something sets it off, you're still going to have to go back, obviously. But the idea is that it's going to be more convenient for guests keep and just keep the park moving, yeah. which is excellent. And it's a very good idea, especially for how busy things are going to be and how hectic they are with all of the changes that's coming up at all the parks, right. all that kind of stuff. It's going to be hectic there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, so, anything that can move the lines along faster, I'm, I'm happy for me too, man. Me too. So for me, this is a great idea. Yeah, yeah. You I know, agree. I agree. Because I I never bring a bag. Now this week when I go up there, because I'm going up there for my anniversary, mm-hmm. I am gonna take a bag because I'm gonna bring some crackers because mm-hmm. me and Jamie have dinner reservations for Ohana, and I'm very excited about that. So we're gonna have like you know a McDonald's breakfast where it's not super filling, right? Not super heavy, but then. For lunch, we're gonna have the crackers to kind of tide us over until we have that so Ohana, that Ohana That's dinner. That's smart, man. That's smart. It's all up here, buddy. <laughs> <laughs> all right, I I got a drop on you. I think on this one. Okay. Remember last time? I think it was Mary Poppins was coming out. You said Bryce, they have a preview of Mary Poppins at Hollywood Studios. I said, get out of here. Mm-hmm. He said, no, they do. So That's crazy. I've never seen those before. Well. There is a Toy Story 4 preview going on at Hollywood Studios. Nice. On the ships and out in California. And there's going to be one over in France. Yeah. Yeah, that that's really interesting. That's pretty cool. Unfortunately, that one out in France is only going to be a 10-day preview from June 18th to the 28th. Mm-hmm. Uh, the one here, though, is going to run between May 24th and June 20th. And that's in Hollywood Studio, right? Right, With at One Man's Dream. One Man's Dream. Right. And then out in California, it's going to be the same time period, but it's going to be in the Tomorrowland Theater. I would recommend you go try it out. Go see it this weekend. when you, If you have an opportunity, just check it out. It's really cool how they do it. Right. It's just an extended long preview, I would say, and they just show a couple extra long clips of the movie. They, Like I said, they did it for Moana. And I loved it. Like, I was ready right then and there to see Moana. I had to wait, like, a month before it came out. I was pissed when I left because I was, like, I was so taken. Because it is kind of like a theater almost. They have it set up at the very back. So the quality is there. So you just get a look at how good the movie looks. So you have a chance to go see it, go do it. Well, you know what? I think I actually am going to do it because a lot of times I'm like, ah, you know what? I want to hold off. I don't want to see anything about it. But, like, you and I were talking about earlier, I'm not super excited for Toy Story 4 Mm -hmm. and to see an extended preview to see a little bit more meat of the story would make me happy I think and make me more excited plus I just love One Man's Dream (laughs) I love walking through you know what man me too I just love walking through I could walk through there all the day you know it's just I love seeing all of the little models and stuff and you know what's funny I never think about going in there. I'm like, ah, one man's dream. I've seen it. I don't want to go in there. But then whenever I do, I am transported to a world of fancy my mind does not even understand. Yeah. Because, like you said, you have all those models, and I am a sucker for models. Right. Look, I got a second job, and it pays fairly well. That's not the point. There is a Tower of Terror model yeah. on Etsy. Yeah. It's expensive. It's like 450 I'm thinking about buying it. Right. It is really freaking cool. It is so cool, Chris. 
No, I love the 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 little and I love the Animal Kingdom, the Tree of Life model that they have yes. in there. I just want to pick it up and run away. I don't know how I would, <laughs> but I just every time it's so cool. This became a one man's dream review, but in any case, <laughs> it's great to be able to walk through it and then sit, be able to sit down, cool off even more, right. and and just watch uh, a preview of a movie that you kind of want to see, or if you weren't really interested, at least get a taste for what the movie's going to be because they show a little bit more. Maybe it'll sell you on it, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's, that's always the idea. So that's very exciting. I mean, obviously, there's not a whole heck of a lot to say about it, but I'm happy. But I wanted to get it out there. That way people know about it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because like I said, it's something that as much as I go to Disney and as much as I'm kind of plugged into Disney, I had no idea about that Moana preview or that Mary Poppins preview. Right, right. And I don't think many people do because One Man's Dream, not many people. And what's really funny is I see a lot of crowds get to the end where the double doors are and hear, we got to wait five or ten minutes for our preview and they'll just walk out. Right. You know what I'm saying? And I get that. You know, sure. you, know you don't want to wait, but, you know, me and Raylan, we're usually just casualing through Disney all the time. So it's like, hey, we got to wait. When the heck do you have to wait five or ten minutes for anything in Disney? So it's like, I might as well take it while I can. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Not only that, but while you have that wait, you have interesting stuff to look at. Right. Exactly. So. Now, Chris, August 29th is probably going to be one of the busiest days Hollywood Studios has ever known. That's the day Galaxy's Edge is officially going to be partially opening. What has been one thing that you and I have talked about just relentlessly? A nauseam has been the lines. It, at just, the lines. Yeah, how are they going to do it? It's going to be busy. It's going to be packed. It's going to yeah. be ridiculous. Mm-hmm. And Disney said, well, you know what? There's nothing we can really do about the lines. But we can give you more time. And so they've decided to come up with this thing called Extra Extra Magic Hours, which... Which, let's be honest, is not a clever name. <laughs> extra, extra <laughs> magic cards. In fact, it's it's pretty bad. Yeah. But what it is is really, really cool. The way it's set up is that on August 29th to August 31st, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, everybody, doesn't matter if you're staying at a, at a resort or not, everybody is going to be able to go in to Hollywood Studios at 6 o'clock in the morning. Mm. That is tremendous. I think that is a very good idea. Absolutely. That is going to mitigate traffic a lot. Now, granted, it's three extra hours, but everybody can go in. So, I live three hours away. If I go up there, I can get in at 6 o'clock. doesn't matter. Then, come September 1st to November 2nd, the extra magic hours are going to go back to its regular rules where you have to stay at a resort, but then you can go in at 6 o'clock instead of 8 or even 7 o'clock to go check out the entire park, and the entire park will be open. That's including Toy Story Land. If you're like, I I don't even want to mess with Star Wars. Mm-hmm. I'm going to Toy Story. I got to check that out. Right. That'll be open. Yeah. But it will also include Star Wars. Well, is that only for the Star Wars resort, or is that for all resorts? No, that's for all resorts. As of right now, the Star Wars resort is not built. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that would be for, like, the Riviera, the Contemporary, Mm -hmm. 
the Polynesian, any of them on property. And I even think the hotels that are on, on Hotel Drive leading out of Disney are on the list to have extra magic hours as well. I hope so. Off the top of my head, I don't know exactly, though. got to look like, into that. Like the B Resort, the Best Western right there. Right, right, right. But in any case, you can get into the park at 6. And then you're going to have far less crowds than you would those first three days because it's only those in the resorts. Less hot, less crowds. Exactly. That works. Exactly. Did you read that article about them having stormtroopers? I did read that article. That's that's really cool. Ushering people out eventually just like, all right, you've been here for a while. Yeah. Time to get going. How do you think that is going to work out? I don't know. Let's say you're know. a guy. Let's say let's say you bring your family over from Ireland or from anywhere else in the world, and right. you base your you're a Star Wars nut. Your fa- and you come over with your family, and you're like, "This is my mecca, and uh-huh. this is what we're gonna do. We're gonna spend all day in Star." Wars. Now I get it. You know, you're it's it's really hard to stay in just one place for that long. Disney's saying four hours is. Good enough time to see everything, do everything, get a good look at everything. And I would tend to agree. I would think most lands, aside from the wait times, I'm usually good at walking in, getting out. For me, sometimes less than an hour, sometimes less than two hours. So four hours, I feel, is a little, is very generous. But how do you feel if your family walking around, you got a stormtrooper coming up to you going, no, it's time to start getting moving. Well, from you know, not I, like that, but like... No, know. no, I, obviously. From what I understand, those stormtroopers are only going to be in California. Okay, okay. Not here. Oh, okay, okay. Uh, which makes a little more sense because here you have far more places to go. Oh, yeah. You, know, you have three entirely different parks. Hollywood Studios, it's not the biggest park, but it's also not the smallest. Mm-hmm. So you have places to go in Hollywood Studios that, right, you, right. that are not Star Wars. So... If I'm not mistaken, it is only out in California. Mm-hmm. How that is going to work, man, I really don't know. If I, if I'm, I believe they had to make reservations to go in saying, I'm going to be in from this time to this time. Kind of similar to the Fast Passes that right, we have out right, here. Right, right, right. So who knows, man. But I can't imagine Disney doing something like that. It's kind of crazy. But at the same time, desperate times calls for desperate measures. It's something that you're going to probably have to do. I mean, absolutely. And that's what's tough. I mean, everyone's going to want to be there. Right. And we've gone on at nausea and we're not going to get into it again. But like, how ridiculous it's going to be getting in and out of these parks. And that's not even for the people who want to go to Star Wars. I mean, if you just want to go to Hollywood Studios, it just might be shut down because of. All the people who want to just see Star Wars, you know what I'm saying? Yep. So, I mean, I I definitely think something like that might work. I think it might be experimental out in California. And me and you were even talking about it. Like, here, yeah, there might be places to go, but still, if you're that guy and this is your religion and you're like, I I just want to be here. This is where I want to be for hours and hours and hours. Who knows? If it goes well out in California, they eventually might put it down here. If the need ends up being where it's like, okay, people are just sitting here, you know? They they very well might be. I mean, who knows? Who knows how this is going to go, honestly? And I, I hope it's uh, as there's, successful there's, there's as like they think it will be. a mixture of excitement beyond belief and fear. Right, exactly. And I, yes, I use the word fear. I'm just fearful <laughs> for this. And the extra, extra magic hours don't pertain just to Hollywood Studios. 
which it would be fine if it did because that's really where everyone wants to go. But starting on August 29th and going to November 2nd, both Magic Kingdom and Animal Kingdom will have extra, extra magic hours. They're not opening at 6, but they're going to be opening up at 7. Right. Right? So that is excellent, and that is every day. Every day, those parks are going to be opening at 7, and Hollywood Studios is opening at 6. I've been very critical of Disney about this whole opening situation. I've said I don't think it is going to go over well. I've said that I don't think it is going to be as smooth as Disney thinks it's going to be. I can at least see them taking steps and making attempts and making efforts to make stuff go as well as possible. Right. And for that, I applaud them. Yeah. You know? Kind of a very similar story as to what we just talked about is the Disney After Dark. They are adding a bunch of new dates, right? Magic Kingdom in August is adding the 22nd and the 29th. Then in November, it's adding the 5th, 12th, 19th, and 26th. Animal Kingdom is adding July 2nd, 8th, 15th, 22nd, and 29th. August 5th, 12th, 19th, and 26th. Then September, they're adding the 3rd, 9th, 16th, and 23rd. Then Hollywood Studios is adding July 5th, 12th, 19th, and 26th. That's on top of the schedule that they've already had in place for the after hours. Disney is really leaning into this after hours business, aren't they? Yeah. Cuz I think it's get I think it's obviously successful. Clearly. I mean, if it wasn't, they wouldn't be doing this. Yeah. It's a good way to bring in money. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? I mean, the the employees are there anyway, the cast members are there anyway. Why not? Right. Why not keep it open for 3 additional hours? And then make the people pay an entirely different ticket on top of that if you want those three hours. Yeah. It's so success- successful that I'm just like, the temptation is there to just try it one night. You know what I'm yeah. saying? Like, I am, we are pass holders and stuff like that. Go whenever the heck we want, except those times. So it's, <laughs> but I mean, it's just it, the fact that it is so successful makes me wonder just like, man, how cool would that be? To not have as many people, you know, it's late, it's not as hot, you know what I'm saying? Like, and just kind of almost have the park, you know, not to yourself, but, you know, or it's not as hectic. Sure. Absolutely. And I don't know if you've noticed, but Epcot has been left off both of these lists. Right. Both the after hours and the extra, extra magic. So I wonder if that signals some even bigger changes than we think about to start for Epcot. It's tough. It's a tough sell because, I mean, it's mostly when you think of Epcot, what do you think? You think of those restaurants and stuff. So you got to think about those employees and how they have to deal with that all the time. An extra three hours is a lot sure, to cook. And then you got to think about coming. Because the one thing I know for chefs and, and people who work in the kitchen, they they done late and then they're in early in the morning to get everything all up again. Right. So it's a lot to ask for for restaurants. Now the rides might be a different thing, you know? Well, well yeah. And or maybe I mean, you can have the, you can still have your carts out. Maybe you can have those carts kind of out there, kind of like the food and wine festival. You can still get your beer and your all your, you know, your little food and stuff like that, appetizers and stuff like that. 
maybe. But the World Showcase, to my thinking, if they ever did, that might just be cut off, and then you got the the rides and everything. Well, and that's the thing. Other than Frozen. Well, and that's the thing. As of right now, the World Showcase doesn't even open until 11 o'clock anyway. So I'm sure that that's how they would do it. But, I mean, you have things like Test Track. You have Soren. You have Mission Space. You have Spaceship Earth. You do have the Frozen ride, Frozen Forever After. Eventually Ratatouille. Eventually Ratatouille. I'm, I'm actually very looking, very much looking forward to that. Yeah. It's one of my favorite uh, Pixar movies. Cannot wait. So, I don't know. I think I think it's just interesting that Magic Kingdom, Hollywood Studios, and Animal Kingdom are really being hit with these extra hour, extra business hours. So, I, I don't know. I just think it's interesting, you know? Yeah. One thing that I think is very interesting, though, is the fact that Hollywood Studios is not a good park for food. Yeah. I mean, I don't think that... I mean, you have the Brown Derby. Like the, I, you know, As I'm speaking about this and as I'm talking about it, there are more restaurants than I initially really thought about. Sci-Fi Cafe... Exactly. Yeah, the Sci-Fi uh, Cafe, um, Mama Melrose. You have the '50s Primetime Dinner Theater. Yeah, or the '50s Primetime Theater. I think is what it's called. Mm-hmm. But I get what you're saying. They're they're mostly basic staple sort of foods. You know what I'm saying? Exactly. Sci-Fi Dinner Theater. You have your hamburgers. You have your chicken tenders. Right. So on and so forth. But sometimes you just need a friend to really answer the call for you. And and be there for you when you need them, mm. you know? And that's what Woody is going to do. Because in Toy Story Land, just right of Sheriff Woody, as you're walking in, is going to be a brand new restaurant. Really? Yeah. Called the Rodeo Roundup Barbecue. Nice. I am very excited about that. Yeah, me too. That sounds pretty cool. Yeah, dude. And it's supposed to look like you're going inside Andy's toy box mm-hmm. where like he keeps all of his toys in this room. And so like that's a great concept. It looks like we I've seen the uh, concept art for it. It looks very similar to really just the rest of Toy Story Land. It almost looks like the inside weight line area mm-hmm. of Midway Mania. Right. So like your toy size and Exactly. Gotcha, gotcha. Well, that's smart. To go yeah, man. That. Keep it. Keep the theming going. Why and not? I love barbecue. So whenever barbecue's around, I'm just happy. Dude, I destroyed Rib City today, and it <laughs> made me very happy. <laughs> oh, it was good. But this makes me happy because there's not a whole heck of a lot of restaurants in Hollywood Studios. Even though I was naming off, you know, some, mm-hmm. there's still not a whole lot that you're like, I have to go there. Yeah. You know, I, I like to- for sci-fi and the fifties. Um, you want to go there to take pictures. You know, you want right. to be there to be like, I've been there. But as far as like, we need to go there for their food, probably not. You know, right. so here's an opportunity to have something that kind of really shines. Make have a really good barbecue. If they do something interesting with it, it can be a hit. Sure. And now keep in mind, like I understand that one has essentially nothing to do with the other, but. Woody's lunchbox in Toy Story Land is very good food. That's what the, that's what I heard. I heard it's pretty good. I know the girls went there and they tried it. Right. And I, I from what I heard, they all had something different. I know you said Jamie had like a their sweet 
sandwich. It was like a s'more. Yeah, exactly. Version. I know Raylan had like the eggs or the bowl or something. She said it was good. So getting, I hear a lot of good stuff from it, you know? Right. And so if that food is good, it would stand to reason that this food will also be good? I hope so. Exactly. There's no opening date. There's no menu items to talk about. It was just, this has been announced, and I'm really excited about it because God knows I love food. I'll tell you what, man. I think a really big missed opportunity is, and I know I always talk smack about your Tower of Terror and you hate me for it, but what I th- always thought was a kind of a missed opportunity is being able to eat inside the lobby of the Tower Oh, no, of it's Terror. a huge missed opportunity. Like, to be, I mean, how many people, like, you know, like, have a separate entrance that kind of goes around the wait line that goes to the back, and you can have a di- big dining room. You can still keep it cobwebs, still keep it faithful to that, but, like, be able to eat, like, the food from there like make it look be... like the ballroom from the shining or something like that no dude look the, it is a massive missed opportunity a couple years ago when i was originally doing this show mm. there was a rumor going around that they were going to put a bar at the end of tower of terror yeah. like in the exit area yeah, so yeah, they were yeah. going to Cut off some of the... Uh, I wouldn't even be opposed to that. That would be pretty sweet. I wouldn't be opposed to that at all. And they were going to call it the Tip Top Lounge. Because on the ride, the top level of the tower in like the continuity is this lounge called the Tip Top Lounge. Mm-hmm. So if you have a bar in that building, it just makes sense. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was so excited about this. <laughs> and obviously, it's never happened. Never happened. And it makes me really upset. So you're right. It's a huge missed opportunity. I, I agree with you 100% there. All right, moving on. Summer 1 World Ticket Packages. Have you heard about these yet? mm All right. It's a ticket that you can buy, and you have to buy them between June 4th and August 23rd, and you have to use them between June 4th and August 28th. So you get a little bit longer of a window to use them than you do to buy them. They're $444, and essentially what they are, they get you one entrance into every park. Magic Kingdom, Epcot, Hollywood Studios, Animal Kingdom, Typhoon Lagoon, and Blizzard Beach. So they include the water park, so I'm really happy that they're that those are getting some love because they are excellent. Right, right. You only get to go into each park once. You can use them on the same day. So if you wanted to go to Magic Kingdom and then park hop over to Epcot, you could do that. Mm-hmm. But you can only use them once. It's 444 bucks. I just renewed my annual pass, mm-hmm. and it was $609. I can go all year to any number of those parks, excluding the water parks, obviously, and I'm paying a difference of 165 bucks. My question then to you, Chris... In someone like yours and I's situation, where we're pretty close to Disney, is that worth it? Is that ticket worth it? The summer one? Yeah. I don't think so. I don't think so either. I think you'd just save the extra 165 bucks and then go all year. Because as much as I enjoy the water parks, mm-hmm. I've, I go every probably two or three years, and I'm happy. And I'm like, eh, I'm good. Yeah. I don't need to go back for a while. Yeah. Well, it's just the going to water parks has to be something like your thing, you know, like right. to get a tan and go relax and do that sort of stuff. Right. 
I like doing other stuff in Disney. I'm much more, I don't sit down, um, you know, and, and get some rays. I want to, <laughs> I want to get going. Cause you know, we're in Florida. You can do that whenever sure. we have no shortages of pools and beaches and, and cool rides on, on that sort of thing. So when I go to Disney, I'm not necessarily looking to go to Blizzard Beach or Typhoon Lagoon, you know? Right. Even though I've heard good things about them. Typhoon Lagoon is great, and actually that's where me and Jamie are going to go for our anniversary this weekend. Nice. It's going to be a lot of fun. So while I say no, I don't think that this ticket would be a good ticket for, say, you and I, mm-hmm. especially for as much as we go there, I think somebody like my friend James, who lives up in Tennessee, if he comes down here, say, for any any amount of time during these dates, mm-hmm. that's a great ticket. Because, Absolutely, yeah, yeah, yeah. Because, I mean, a day ticket to Magic Kingdom is $127. Mm-hmm. Yeah, when it's all said and done, you're going to be paying a lot less. You're going to get a lot more perks out of it. You get a you get a great weekend, right? And it kind of gives you a cool way to be plan your weekend. Sure, you know what I'm saying? Like, you can be like, we do this when we get in. We got we got we can go to during the day when it's hot, when every when the parks are busy, we can hit the Typhoon Lagoon. So in a way, it kind of gives you a cool way to plan your trip out, and you know. Every, make every night work worth it. Like this night, we're gonna see the Magic Kingdom fireworks. This night, we're gonna see Fantasia, the Star Wars fireworks. This night, we're gonna see, you know. So I think it, if you're out of town and you're not much of it, you can't go to Disney all the time like we can. Right. Yes, that's a blunt. That's a shot to everybody else who can. <laughs> um. Then yeah, this is these tickets are definitely worth it. Oh yeah, absolutely. I I agree. Then again, you got to make sure that you can go during these busy months, you know. And that's really the thing. That's and really these the months thing. are hot, and it's very busy. Kids are out of school. Right. Lots of traffic in Orlando. You know how it is. Not just Disney, but Orlando itself. Mm-hmm. I four is just it's a it's, it's a parking just, garage. It's it's absolutely terrible. So I mean, you just got it. You got to weigh it out. As far as prices go, though, you can't beat it. If you're just someone who's like, listen, I don't care, you know, like if you're if you're willing to bite the bullet and be like, this is gonna be a hectic time. Prices though, it, it beats going those months, having to pay the extra and still deal with all that crap. At least you can save a couple bucks. You know? Exactly. So. Exactly. And th- so if you are planning on coming down here, I actually don't think it's a bad way to go at all. No. You know. You're going to just have to take into account anybody who's going to be doing this, that those are the months that we call the rainy season here in Florida. It's going to be raining nearly every day, and we're not talking about little rain. We're talking showers. We are the lightning capital of the world. Yeah. So you're you're taking a risk. Rides may be down. You may have to spend some time waiting around. So maybe that's why the ticket's a little lower. You know what I'm maybe, saying? Maybe I, I just... I think that Disney is just trying to drum up more business for itself. Mm-hmm. And I actually think this is going to work because mm-hmm. as expensive as these Disney tickets typically are, mm-hmm. to get any amount of a discount, it's gravy, baby. Yeah. That's what they want. Yeah, and that's and that's the thing. Everything that we're saying, these negatives are still serious, but at, yeah. as long as I'm getting a pretty decent discount, a steal or whatever, I'll take it. You know sure. what I'm saying? So. To me, it's still good if you're out from out of town or something like that, and you can make it during the summer months. Right. Exactly. Moving on. So, Chris, let me ask you a question. You go to the Plaza Ice Cream House, what do you expect to get? Ice cream. 
Yeah, exactly. I would imagine. Exactly. And and one would be correct in thinking that's what you would get at the ice cream place. If you go to Casey's Corner, what can you expect to get? Hot dog. Hot dog. That's what that place is about. Hot dogs. They give you hot dogs, and that's it. Mm-hmm. If you look at the menu, right, it's menu item number three. It's the corn dog meal. Fantastic. Person wants to have an all-beef hot dog wrapped up in some cornbread, pop them in his mouth like nuggets. And I wasn't even going to mention this, except I found out that a lot of people were very upset. Really? Very upset. That the fact that they turned it into nuggets? No, because they had the, they had them nuggets before. Yeah, because I was about to say, I thought I'd seen those before. No, what they did was they changed them. They're not hot dogs anymore. They're not all beef hot dogs. They're chicken dogs, which is craziness. Oh, wow. But <laughs> on the menu, they don't tell you that. That is great. It still says hot dog. Well, well, kudos to Disney for trying to make us eat a little better. Uh, I guess, but you, <laughs> yeah, no, but I get you're it. If doing you're doing it on the slide, that's not good. Yeah, man. yeah. If you're just like, dude, I want to get, you know, I want to get as much calories in. I've been good this week, right? You know, give it, give me some beef. I understand that, and and then definitely not explaining that. I can understand why you'd be upset. That's the thing. The fact that they're trying to be a little bit underhanded about it, it's not good. It's not mm-hmm. a good look. Right. I mean. It's still, quote unquote, a hot dog. Mm-hmm. So you're going from pink mystery meat See, to I would, white mystery meat. I would meat. compliment the fact if they came out and said, guys, this is what we're doing. Yes, exactly. And I would be like, you know what? I like beef more than chicken, but I think chicken is the healthier option. Of course. And let's be fair, guys. I mean, it's not like it's that drastic. There are so many things you can do. And a hot dog, I mean, come on, guys. Exactly. <laughs> a hot dog is a hot dog. I agree. <laughs> like I said, I wasn't even going to mention this until I found out that a lot of people were upset. I guess. They're like, I want my corn dogs being hot dogs. I don't want them to be chicken. But at the same time, I got to be honest, if I ordered a hamburger at Duffy's or anywhere else and they gave me like an impossible patty, I would be furious. Be like, what are you doing? Yeah. Like, They're like, well, we looked at you, sir. And we thought that you needed help. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm just talking. Right. I'm just saying. I'm just saying, like, that would be offensive. You know what I'm exactly. saying? Exactly. It's funny. It's like Disney's been watching everybody who walks through here. They're like, you know what? This is get this is out of hand. We've heard about this obesity problem in America, and we're just going to. People can no longer fit in the Seven Doors minecarts. Uh, Let's get them better. Take away the corn dog batter? No, leave that on. <laughs> Chicken, though. Chicken dogs. We won't tell anybody. I just think it's an interesting, interesting yeah, thing that, that they've that done. Is interesting. Ah, uh, are you checking in tonight? Welcome home. All right, man. Moving in to our final segment here, the resorts. I am a big fan of two things. One being food, as prefaced by that last story, and two, convenience. I tried to Postmate ice cream the other day. I couldn't Mm. do that. It was closed. I was very upset. But you know where you can do some online ordering? At a lot of places in Disney. 
The resorts, not so much. They don't usually have that function at the resorts. Right. And they don't need to be. They're not nearly as busy as the ones in the park. Busy as the ones in the parks. You're right. Not nearly as busy. However, Disney is all about that convenience. And if they can get you at the bar getting drinks, or if they can get you in the gift shop shopping, that's where they want you as opposed to sitting at a table waiting on food. So, at Everything Pop and Pop Century, at the Mara over at Animal Kingdom Lodge, and at Contempo Cafe over at the Contemporary, you can now do online ordering. Nice. That's fantastic. Yeah. And I like that, you know, yes, Animal Kingdom Lodge and the Contemporary are your A-list resorts. They're your your luxury, your deluxe resorts. But then you got something like Pop Century, man. Mm-hmm. And for what it is, it is a value resort. I get it. But it's getting some love here. It's getting unnecessary. It sounds love. like it's just a little bit of an experiment. I think I like the. I think with these, they're kind of just trying them out. If they're they're successful and they get some really good business out of it, why not extend it to the rest of them? You know. Well, they've done it over at two other places at the Caribbean Beach Resort. Uh, one of them is Spyglass something, and then the other one I forget what what the name is. But I know that there's two over there, and now they're rolling out this one here. at Pop Century, Animal Kingdom, and Contemporary. That's great. Right. I don't stay at the resorts very often now that I don't live at home because my parents have the DVC and I don't. But when I did stay there, I was like, man, you know, this would be kind of cool if I could mobile order. And now that they're giving us this opportunity, perfect. Yeah. It's perfect. I think it's a great idea. I think so too. We are we are one with that then. Excellent. Yeah. Absolutely. <laughs> Less lines, the better. That's that's just my motto. Amen to that. Let's keep this food train rolling. I like food. This is clear. Right. This is no. This is no. I think it's fair for both of us. Yeah. I mean, I think it's fair for most humans. That's true. But I also like theming, and I am very much about presentation and story. Mm-hmm. And if you go over to Jico at the Animal Kingdom Lodge, you're gonna be able to take part of a prefix menu called the Lion King. You could have stopped there. The Lion King is just fine with me. (laughs) Well, that's good because I don't know what the, (laughs) the, the second part of that is, but I know there is a second part. But it is a a themed dining experience, and it's really, really interesting. Wow. So it's three courses long. So this whole dinner is going to take you on a journey of Simba going from a child to an adult to taking over the Pride Lands. It's a great thing. It is. That's cool. And so you have different parts of his life being hit. So it starts with the I Just Can't Wait to Be King starter, which is a dish featuring young Cedar Creek clam malata, potatoes, pomegranate, and a bone marrow finish. It's literally served on a bone. Yes. Like, that's crazy. That's fantastic. Like, that is have good Have you ever stuff. had some bone marrow? I have not. Dude, it's fantastic. Really? <laughs> it really is. If you get it cooked just right, yeah. you get it seasoned properly, you take it, you put it on some, some garlic bread. You don't you not even need to get some bread, just some nice French bread or something like that. It's absolutely delicious. Well, it sounds fantastic. I'm very excited. I I would love to try this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And they said that it's supposed to represent the playfulness of Simba's journey from childhood 
as his desire to become king one day, right? Cool. Then you go on to the main event, which is be prepared. You get to choose from two different entrees. One is a bone-in ribeye with hibiscus, nettles, and fregula, or lobster sasati with red shrimp, squid, mussels, and fragrant rice. Now, it says that these dishes are inspired by the eerie elephant boneyard and Simba's courage to persevere through his trials and tribulations. Now, that I read straight from the article that I got this story from. Right. I think that is very funny. (laughs) I guess a very funny way of putting that. Yeah. Because he has to persevere through his trials and tribulations, and it's inspired by an eerie elephant boneyard. So, if you have a bone-in ribeye with hibiscus nettles and fregula, that's probably going to be the boneyard, right? Right. That makes sense. Mm Mm-hmm. But then your next one is lobster sasati with red shrimp, squid, mussels, and fragrant rice. Mm-hmm. Is that his trials and tribulations? The seafood? Well, it could be something just a little bit different than most people will get, like squid. Yeah, exactly. You know what I'm saying? So and it's it, not calamari. Right. And that's what it I'm trying squid. to say. It could be that they're just challenging your palate a little bit more, maybe just getting you out of your comfort zone by saying, Try the lobster, which, you know, everybody's like, okay, let's go. I love lobster. But then right. you throw in a little bit of squid in there, it makes it a little bit more challenging maybe to most people to take a look at it because you don't have the convenience of it being fried calamari, you know, something like that. Right. Where you can cheat. And these are legit squids. Like they got the tentacles, they got the suction cups. Right. It's solid. I'm down for both of those entrees. They sound great, though. Yeah. Really, really do. I mean, let's be honest, the squid freaks me out just a little bit, so I would probably go with the ribeye. But, man, who doesn't love a ribeye? Yeah. And then the third course is called Hakuna Matata, which is... Bugs. Which would be crazy. Nuts, right? No. (laughs) (laughs) Just crazy, right? Candied candied roaches and worms. I actually saw that on Nailed It the other day. Mm -hmm. It was nuts. Oh, it exists, yeah. But it's supposed to be about Simba growing up and learning how to successfully take care of the Pride Lands. Now, it says, This dessert features caramelized orange, chocolate chateau, and playful playful, and and playful foliage. That was tough. That was tough. That was hard to say. Good for you, buddy. (laughs) I don't know. It sounds a bit much. Yeah, it, it sounds... A bit messy, but you, what you're gonna, but that's what you expect from Gico's because it is your. Uh, that's to be fair with everybody here who doesn't know about the Animal Kingdom. That is your top of the line restaurant that's in the Animal Kingdom restaurant, uh, the Animal Kingdom Lodge. And I'm happy you said that, okay? Because this whole experience per person is gonna be sixty five bucks. Mm-hmm. Well, that's fine, whatever. I right, get that. Right. It's three course meal. That's actually about correct. Mm-hmm. Here's the thing. This is called Lion King Musical Dining Experience. I got to be honest, unless they do it in an extremely tasteful way, this sounds a bit hokey for Jiko. It doesn't sound like it belongs in Jiko. It sounds like it might belong over in Sanaa, maybe over in Boma, not in Jiko. Jiko is your high end, Jiko is your Shula's Steakhouse. Right, right. Of the Animal Kingdom Lodge. And that's that's not what I feel with this. Now, granted, the food 
the food it sounds and looks like it would come from Jico. Right. But if it's a musical situation where like the waiter or waitress comes out and starts singing to you, because I'll be honest with you, the article that I'm reading this out of doesn't go over the musical aspect of it. It's just the menu. Well, I wouldn't think that it would be your waiter and waitress. I, I it sounds much more like you're gonna it's might be like a live show that they have in there. Maybe. I mean, have you ever been inside Jico? Yeah, but that's what I was just going to say. I where don't know exactly where would you put it. And, and that's what I was going to say with you, too. I, I have no clue. Yeah. And it know. is an experience. So, like, you're saying it's an experience. So, like, would everybody in the restaurant be able to take a look at the music? I'm guessing you would. But I, mean, I mean, you'd have to because there's no way you can change that. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's going to be interesting. But, yeah, you had me up until the musical thing. Right. Right. But exactly. I mean, but honestly, let's let's just really quickly, let's compare that to Ohana real quick with with uh, the dinner there. Mm-hmm. For two people, you're going to be paying what, like a hundred, like 20? With ma- drinks, with, you're probably about 130-ish. Yeah, with, with, and then you got your tips and whatever. Right. For Jico's, that's not that terrible of a price. It's really not. No, it, the price I do not argue with at all. The, mm-hmm. That's a great price for this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that's what I'm getting at. That might be a great price for you and, you know, another person to get in there and enjoy what sounds like a fantastic meal. Exactly. Again, up until you had you had me up until the <laughs> musical part where I'm just wondering a little bit. Right. Because will I be able to enjoy my food? Is it going to be super like in my face? Because that's another thing. Again, we go back to Ohana. We got that guy going around or the lady with the ukulele mm-hmm. and she's just like, you know, they're singing and they're they're talking. Can be a bit annoying sometimes. Not all it the time. It really bothered me at breakfast. Yeah. It really bothered it can, me. It can be annoying sometimes, but sometimes it could be absolutely fun and great. So, I mean, sure. it just depends. I, I'm, I'm guessing you just got to be a big fan of The Lion King for this. That's all I'm thinking, you know? Yeah. You're going to, you, whoever gets this is going to know that they're going to get something. But I got to tell you, man, as such a big fan of storytelling as I am, as big of a fan of food as I am, mm-hmm. to see these meals prepared in a way that's going to take you on an on a journey just mm-hmm. through the food. Right, right. I I love it. I'll tell you what, it does interest me. If you would ask me right now if I would like to do it, I would like to do it just on the sheer fact of the menu. Right. You know, the music thing, once again, the music thing kind of freaks me out a little bit, but <laughs> I can live with that, and I wouldn't mind just seeing what that's all about, especially if the food is really good. You yes. know what I'm saying? And I can see this kind of taken off, once again, if the food is really good. Exactly. And this is starting on June 30th, and it doesn't have any idea of when it is going to stop. Mm-hmm. But like I say, for right now, June 30th. And Have you good. ever been to Jico? Uh, I've been to Jico once, and I went for lunch. Mm-hmm. It was really, really good. Right. This might make some more people want to go to Jico. Yeah, you know, Make that's it a true. little bit more accessible for people to go there. Yeah, because, I mean, Jico was always just like a little bit adventurous just yeah. a little bit you know mm-hmm. because you do have like your squids and stuff like that so yeah. i don't know this is exciting very curious about how it's the execution of it you know yeah, yeah, yeah. one thing i know that we can both agree on though chris is our on un- 
unbridled and undying love of Trader Sam's Grog Grotto. Absolutely. Now, the hippopotamus Mai Tai. Two shots of rum. Yes. <laughs> we need to put that video online. We really do. <laughs> we really do. I love that place. Oh, that's good stuff. But remember we're talking about all oh, these mugs that are like collector's items now. Yeah. And they're coming out with the first and second edition. Well, the Hippopotamus Mai Tai got its third edition. Okay. And in my opinion, it is a much better looking cup than the second edition. Okay. The second edition was baby blue and it looked like a ceramic mug. Right. Which is fine. You know, it's a cup, so it should look like a cup, yes? Right. The third edition, though, it's it's pretty serious. It's a light brown. It looks like it's got a bit of a texture to it. And the etching around the eyes and the mouth, because it's still the, the same design, mm-hmm. is dark brown. So mm. it looks like wood. Right. Oh, okay. Now, granted, it might look it sounds. Little... It definitely sounds better than the last one. Right. And it might look and feel a little bit different, you know, in person. I've only seen it through photos. Right. It definitely looks like it has, like, a lower gloss on it than the first one did. Right, right. Than the second one did. And so, man, I got to tell you, like, I didn't want that cup before. Seeing this one, I really want it. Yeah. Yeah, I'm, I'm really excited. Have you seen it? No, I haven't seen it. I'm going oh. to take a look at it. Drink with the cup, it's 22 bucks. I pay that all day. Yeah, that's not bad. That's not bad at all. It's not like you're buying the Nautilus. <laughs> I did do that once. Like, I got the drink. I didn't buy the cup itself. Right, right. Man, that wanted to put me down. Like, it was, <laughs> it was a rough night. <laughs> I already told you, Raylan, me and Raylan both were like, we got, we were like, let's just get it because it's shareable. And Raylan was like, I don't think it's going to be enough. <laughs> But well, you look at it. You look at it. You're deceptive. like, you're like, no way. This is this. I I over. You know, this is way too much money for what I'm getting. And right. w- like, I couldn't even finish the first one. And she's by the end, she was finished with her first one. She was like, okay, I get it now. <laughs> like, it's just deceiving. Well, because the cup is hollow. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It doesn't look like it would be hollow. It's hollow, and it holds a lot of fluid. Oh yeah, including. A little flower, which I really like. Yeah. I think it's a nice touch. It'll get you there. <laughs> Don't worry, people. When stars are born, they possess a gift or two. One of them is this. They have the power to make a wish come true. Man, what a great trip. Let's relive it, huh? When stars are born... All right, I know that you guys have missed these reviews because I certainly missed giving them. Yeah. Chris, we're here to talk tonight about two different things. We're going to talk about the Earl of Sandwich, and we're going to talk about Test Track. Which one do you want to talk about first, mate? Uh, Let's get into Earl of Sandwich first. Let's get the food out of the way because I want to get into Test Track. You know what, man? Earl of Sandwich is a little sandwich shop. Over on, I believe it's the east side of, yeah. It's in the far back to make it for everybody. You know, if you're coming out of the garages, it's at the very end of the park. It is. It's in Disney Springs. Right, the Springs, yeah. And, oh my goodness. For a sub, 
It is great. It is. I mean, I mean, it's no public sub, and if you don't know what Publix is, you have my condolences. But honestly, Earl of Sandwich is a very close second to me. Yeah, for the prices and stuff like that, and if you're going throughout Disney Springs and you don't want to eat at a sit-down restaurant, this is perfect. You know, to yes. get in, get out. The sandwiches, they're not filling to the point where you're feeling disgusting, like you can't move, but they taste delicious. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And they make it right there, you know? It is. It's all It's all made fresh. It's really nice to see. You walk down with it just kind of like Subway, mm-hmm. and you, you pick the sandwich, say, I want this. It's okay. What, what do you want on it? There mm-hmm. we go. We're done. And you, you touched on it a little bit. The pricing is not bad. It's amazing, yeah. as, as a matter of fact, to be yeah. completely honest. For what you're getting, the amount of food that you're getting, and you know what you are paying for it, in Disney Springs, that is not bad at all. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that's always nice Yeah, to w- see restraint, right. I guess, from yeah. Disney. Because that place... One of the detractors for me, anyway, is it is packed. Yep, that's what I was just about to say. I mean, it's funny because me the both times me and Raylan have went, it's been hasn't been packed. We've like oh, walked really? on. Yeah, it's it's wow. been pretty crazy. But no, there have been times where I packed and that thing is out the door. Yes. So that's the only downside, you know. There's and then you know sometimes. There is, they have outdoor seating. So, I mean, but in, in Florida, again, with the rain and the heat, you rain, gotta the take heat, that. The insects. Yeah, you got to take that with a, you know. It's really funny. The first time we went there, we ate outside because it was the cooler months. Right. We were eating outside, and a little squirrel is just going to everybody's table. And he started <laughs> running up on the empty chairs. It doesn't matter if you were in that table. He just was chilling on the empty chairs, just looking at people like, you give me, me some food. And he came over to me and Ray Lynn and he like jumped up on the on the chair and was just kind of staring at us. And I'm just like, what's up? <laughs> and I'm just like eating away. And he was freaking people out because he had no fear. No fear. He was walking right up to people's legs, walking like he had absolutely no fear. And eventually oh. someone was just like, get away. And just threw <laughs> threw something at it. And he was just like, Yep, this works all the time. just ran away I'm like that's cool you know dude I don't know if you ever do this or not but there's a Instagram page called Squirrels of Disney Mm -hmm. it's very very excellent I gotta check it out (laughs) so yeah man that would be the only detractor for me though for Earl of Sandwich is that it is just so unbelievably busy Mm -hmm. and the amount of seats they have the Mm -hmm. amount of seating is nowhere near yeah. The ratio of people that they have coming through there. Yeah, 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 Because it's not set up like Blaze, where Blaze is set up kind of like a cafeteria. You have, like, these three really long tables right in the middle. People who you've never known are sitting right next to you. Yeah, yeah. Right? Not so much at Earl of Sandwich. They are tables. And then the tables, to fit everything in there, are really small. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> it is. So I mean, again, if to recommend this place, the food, I would give it a go. Definitely try it. Like, definitely get the food. The food oh, yeah. is great. You're not going to be mad about the food. You're not going to be mad about the price. Once again, it's just 
the luck of the dice. Are you going to get there when it's packed throughout the door? Now, my question to you again, I guess, since we have this problem, is it a recommend for sure to wait in line? Or would you rather be like, you know what, get going, go to Blaze Pizza, try, you know, go somewhere else, maybe go to the burger place. What's the name of that place? Deluxe. Uh, Deluxe Burger. Some of your other more faster food dining places in Springs. Is it worth the wait? That's a good question. That's a good question. I mean, I suppose it would depend upon your love of sandwiches. Like, you're, <laughs> yeah. like if you genuinely love subs, mm-hmm. give it a shot. But I will say that it is a franchise. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Like, I know that there's one in St. Pete on four. Mm-hmm. And I've been there, and it is just as good as the one in Disney Springs. Right, right. So... Like, if you have one in your area and you're like, ah, should I go to this one in Disney Springs even though I have it in my area? Nah, go somewhere else. Go somewhere that you don't have in your area. Yeah. But I don't have it in my area. Right. Right? And, but even still, man, when it's packed, it moves <laughs> fast. Yeah, yeah, and that's just the thing. It it might look a little scary. That's I think what I'm just going to get at is we should just I would recommend, recommend it. it. Like, yes. we have to recommend it because the food is good. The price that you're going to get is good. And yeah, it can be a little hectic, but you know what? That's just the way it is in Disney, and you're gonna have to you have to suck it through it. But the food is good, the price is good. Yeah, man, I, I would definitely recommend it. Uh, not only is the food and the price good, but you actually are able to get free refills on your drink. Yeah, which is actually pretty important because a lot of places in Disney you cannot. Yeah, yeah. I think they're starting to do away with that and kind of starting to come yeah, into it. That's nice. Yeah, it is because that, Disney. it's ridiculous. They're just getting all nice. This episode is like Disney just being a little nice, huh? Yeah, I actually don't have too much, too many bad things to say about it. I mean, yeah. I will be the first to be critical about something like this because I love Disney and I want them to be the best that they can. Right. <laughs> and they've been doing excellent. Good, good for you, Disney. Good job, guys. Guys, you are killing it. We should also give a round of applause for the Grapefruit Garage being open and. I'm pretty sure you might see that this weekend, buddy. So just let me know how it goes. I intend to use it. I intend to use the Grapefruit Garage specifically. Specifically driving to the (laughs) Honey, we're going to have to walk a little longer, but I don't care. I'm going to review this garage, dang it. Exactly. Speaking of reviewing a garage, though, let's talk about Test Track. All right. Okay. So Test Track opened in 1999 in March. Right. And... Since then, it has been, for me anyway, a mainstay of things that I have to do when I go to Epcot. Okay. Now, I will say it has fallen down that list as I've been able to drink and I have been, you know, expanded my palate as far as food goes. <laughs> but I love it's that It's just ride. that you were able to drink, Bryce. Come on. Yeah, I mean, partly. <laughs> <laughs> but I love that ride, dude. That ride is so much fun. I remember going to Disney World during ESPN The Weekend, mm-hmm. right? And we had stayed at Boardwalk. And we had went to Hollywood Studios that day, but everybody else was tired and they wanted to go to bed. Right. Well, I'm an insomniac. I was up by myself. I had to be silent in the room because it was me, my family, and then my aunt. So I was like, man, I'm, I'm going to get out of here. Where can I go? I'm like, oh, I'll go over to Epcot. Epcot's got extra magic hours. That was one of the first times that I marathoned a ride, and I got 13 rides of of Test Track in in two hours. 
So you must have came up with a perfect car, I'm going to guess. <laughs> you, you should have. Well, you know what, though? That was before. Oh, that was before you were able to custom your own car. We'll get exactly. into that in a minute. That was before the refurbishment. That was when you would go through there, and when you're walking through the line, you were walking through a machine shop. You would go into a soundproof room. It was really cool. I really, really liked the original test track. Okay. You know? And even the ride, like the theming of the ride and all that, I like the original one, I think, a little bit more than the new one that we got going on right now mm-hmm. because now it is all digital. And now, granted, that is how I'm sure that they test cars is yeah. in a digital world because then you're not destroying concepts and all that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. But it just doesn't have... It's the same exact track. It's the same exact ride, just with a different overlay. And so I guess, I suppose I'm being picky, but when you went on the ride before, it felt more substantial than it does going in on a digital track now. Well, I never went on it before when it was no? older. No. But being a kid, watching the ride, you know, like they'll do those documentaries on Disney and you can see the inside. Sure. It definitely was something that I would be like, if I ever do go to Disney, I do want to try that because it looks cool. Right. Going on it now. uh, Honestly, until you take off, I really don't care much for this ride. Until you go, until you like really, they do the, they test how fast you can go. Yeah. Yeah. Otherwise, I'm just like, eh. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. It, but you want to know what is fun is when you kind of make your your car design. Like I yeah, like that is a lot of fun. I like that the line is cool. You know, you get to see certain sort of stuff. You know, mm-hmm. it's not like just bland or anything like that. You get to see how they test cars, see cool looking models. I like that. Sure. And of course, like I said, I like the fact that you do get to kind of create your own vehicle and it tests your vehicle out. That, I think, is cool. That is one of the better improvements that they've made with the refurbishment. Right. I really, really enjoyed that. Right, right. You know? It makes it personal, you know? Exactly. Exactly. It gives you stakes. It gives you something. And if you're in a big group, it's just bragging rights. It's just just fun. It makes it kind of competitive, you know? It makes it competitive, and it gives you a reason to care about the part of the ride that you said you found boring. Yeah. Right? Where before, it didn't have that. Mm. I really, really, really like building your own car because mm-hmm. I like Test Track. I think Test Track is a lot of, is a lot is. of fun. It, it is, yeah. Now, one thing that they definitely enhanced with this refurbishment, though, is like the dependability of the ride. I cannot tell you the number of times that we were in line to ride Test Track and it would just shut down. Oh, yeah. It would shut down and break down all of the time, Chris. It was so frustrating. But now, with the refurbishment, mm-hmm. it doesn't happen nearly as much. It does still happen, to be right. sure, right. but not nearly as much as it would. Mm-hmm. And so, that that's really good. Yeah. I mean, if you're going to refurbish something, make it better. You know, you don't want to do a lateral move, go forward. Yeah. And that's exactly what they did. Right, to be breaking down, so that's a good thing. Right, exactly. So, you said you didn't really enjoy the inside area 
The, the and the, like you said, the only reason why that's even remotely enjoyable is because of your car design. So everything does hinge on your car design. I, if I, I and to say to recommend this ride is to be like, listen, when you get to your car design, don't screw around with it. If you want to have fun, go <laughs> just make the craziest car. Do it. I did. Sure. Yeah. I, there was one day I just made the craziest looking car. It won with power. <laughs> just because the thing had thing was l- insane looking but other than that it failed everything else miserably that's what I usually get so like <laughs> you can go you can have fun but what I'm saying is, is if you kind of really want to enjoy the first half of the ride I would definitely say take some care into how you create the car up front that yeah. way because the front half of the ride is not that it's boring it's just that there's just it's just turns right and you know nothing special it's not like a roll it, it's that roller coaster, that speed feel at the end of the ride that really brings it home for you. You know what I'm saying? Oh yeah. So well, making we... the best car you can that adds to the the funness of the ride. You know, absolutely does. When you go rocketing through those doors and you're going around that loop, mm-hmm. and it's funny. They have the target in the middle, like, eh, you might fall off. Hit it. Yeah, I thought it was funny. But then you hit uh, 65, 69 miles an hour. Mm-hmm. You're booking and it feels like you're hitting 65 miles an hour and they hit you and they get you up to that point really fast yeah and the cool thing is is that you know you might think well that's all it's like listen you have no windshield in front of you like it's it's all hitting you you know what i'm saying so exactly and that's what's cool i mean you can maybe hit you can hit that definitely on the highway and to you you're like i i write going down the highway is nothing but to be outside in the elements and and just the wind hitting you you have a hat on Cannot tell you enough. Put thing away because it definitely will fly away. I know that from experience. Yeah. So I mean, it it is fun. I can I can definitely recommend the ride. I would definitely recommend the ride as well. Like, tell me, how long would you wait in this line for? Um, I would say probably at the most like an hour. I if there was an hour wait line, sixty minutes. I can I can go through that, you know. It's yeah. It is a fun ride to to wait through and like I said, the front half isn't as exciting but it does add meat onto it. You know what I'm saying? So sure. it's not like it's it's over and done with. Exactly. You know. Dude, you know what? 60 minutes that's a good call. That's a good call. That's exactly where I would be as well. Uh it's really really difficult to wait in line longer than that. Now what would end up happening inevitably with the old test track is that it'd be like oh it's a 40 minute wait all right great and you go in there breaks down five minutes breaks down 10 minutes breaks down 20 25 minutes you're like "Ah, i've already sunk so much time right into this not knowing about the breakdowns obviously but i you know comparing but if you take test track and you're thinking okay let's think of all the rides that are in epcot test track is like next to Soren, it's like That's those it. are the ones you guys got like you know you yeah. want your thrill rides you want your adrenaline to kind of go for a little bit you definitely need to ride uh test track you know like it's mm-hmm. a must you, where you're gonna go you know what i'm saying it's not yeah. like there's that that where you're gonna go to nemo's <laughs> nemo's thing i forgot the name of that nemo with, and friends while when you get off it's really cool the aquarium area which i would like to talk about one day because that was awesome sure but um yeah, that that's one of the only rides there. So sinking an hour, I would say even a, maybe a little bit more, maybe 10, 10, 15 minutes outside of it. Because once again, you got to ask yourself, where else really, am I going? where am I going? It's not that bad, you know? 
Right. Like you said, if you're not interested in the in the world showcase, which if you're not, check yourself. It's great. But they're all little kids, bro. <laughs> they're all no one who's 21. That's fair. <laughs> but test track, it's fun. Like you said, it's going to give you that adrenaline rush that you're looking for. And that adrenaline part of it, like I said, it gets you up there fast, but it's not over in a blink of an eye either. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. You are out there racing around these loops for a while. Mm-hmm. Probably a good 10, 15 seconds. Yeah. It's a good chunk of the ride. And so I would definitely recommend this ride. Yeah. I would definitely recommend this ride. What would you rate it out of five? Out of five, I would. I mean, for me out personally. Out of five, I would give it a three and a three and three quarter. Okay. You know what I'm saying? 3.75. Um, I would honestly give it a four. Just be, I really would because honestly it's, if you're thinking about just the area of the park that it's in, you know, what park it's in, and then you're going ahead and saying, once again, I really like the, the fact that you can design your own car. I like the fact that there's a little bit of stakes to the ride. You know, I, I'm saying if, you know, if you take time into your car and then the end, you know, is the, bl- the best part, you know, testing your speed kind of you know it's fun it fulfills a lot you know what i'm saying even though it may not be as action-packed up front right at least there's a little bit of stakes to it and you know what i forgot about this the the ending the the back part of it once you get off the ride when you're walking through and you go through like a little car show oh yeah yeah yeah, yeah, but then there's some games that you can play and the way that you play them is you scan your magic band and then it takes the car that yeah. you built and puts it in the game. That's really cool. You know what? I am going to put it at a four. Yeah. Because there's just so much it gives you. You know what I'm saying? It's a yeah. very lived-in ride. It's a very lived-in ride. And you can be there for a while and still be entertained. Yeah. Yeah, I'd give it a four. that's the end for this week anyway i wanted to say thank you all for listening you can find me and chris on itunes youtube twitter tumblr and soundcloud you can also find us on digifox studios new network the fox playbox just type in foxplaybox.com and you can find all of the shows in our network if you would be so kind as to like favorite and subscribe i would greatly appreciate it it does help us get up through the ranks so more people can find the show and we did actually get a few new five-star reviews that i'm going to read next week because this episode is already far too long but guys thank you so much for listening and remember on behalf of our entire crew thanks for soaring with us